The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. another one of these live reads. I've only got two. I need a third one. I need a third one. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with time to change and after 11, 
We've got an hour with the Time to Change, our friends, I believe we would say, at uh, Time to Change. And we're talking to um, Professor Kerry Cooper, who's an absolute legend, um, about mental health and all those kinds of things. Up until then, dear listener, um, I'm going to say hello, Alan. You're live on Talk Radio. Evening, Ian. Good evening, Alan. Are you in Cathwaity for tomorrow night? Uh, yes, we will not be here. We are going to Leeds tomorrow to go to an awards ceremony where I suspect we shall um, uh, come home uh, empty-handed. And I'm going to be honest, probably quite bitter. Is it a black tie event? Um, no. But I have bought a new suit because now I'm a fat man. None of my suits fit me. So I have a new suit. I have a nice, crisp, clean pink shirt. And I bought some new shoes. Well, has Kafka outfit sorted? I don't know. Um, I can't because she's gone off to get something. Oh, uh, and Sammy's money the phones? That, uh, well, no, she's gone off to... No, oh, Sammy. But no, she, no, she's gone off to get something. Uh, and Sammy's answering the phones? Well, possibly. And I'm cutting the phones off. Okay. There we go. Um, hello. Yes, who's this on the on Skype? He's planted rice in the paddy fields oh, of time. There we go. He's seen the sunrise from the summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. He's meditated within the ancient walls of Machu Picchu. It's a nod to the previous presenter. What was on? Sport and a TVR. He's got a huge bank balance. He could go out with This a is probably better quality than it was when it was broadcast, because it would have been broadcast on medium wave. ...his family. He's been invited to the Prime Minister's house for drinks. He's the closest thing on Earth. OK. Um, 344 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Um, we also have Skype set up. And um, some of the uh, my uh, bosses here, were, a, a boss grabbed me earlier on before I had to dash into town on a... Um, uh, it, it felt like um, Challenge Annika when I went into town, because I was on a series of, of stupid, dumb um, missions. And it, it, when I completed one mission, I had even less time to complete the next. So it was, I was a nightmare. So, and because I've got this cold, just sweating... Just sweating, sweating absolute buckets, and, and actually nearly passing out, and then getting involved in a, a in a text off, where um, increasingly depressing texts were being sent back and forth. Man alive! But one of my bosses grabbed me today and said, "How the hell do you get Skype working in your studio, and you're able?" to broadcast it. And I said, ah, if I tell you that, then you will know how to do it. And if you know how to do it, then you can sack me. So I ain't telling you nothing. It's a trade secret. But it does mean if you're listening to us anywhere around the world, um, you can Skype. Late night alternative, all one word. Last night we were attacked by some Charlie Chans. Four Charlie Chans attacked us. And um, apart from their racial language, it was uh, it was fine. It was it was um, it was a little bit of fun. I'm just going to do something with Periscope so you can hear the calls a bit better. If I switch that round, then you should be able to hear the calls. There we go. That shall we uh, shall we test it? I'm waiting for Sam to put a call through. I'm waiting for Sam to stop talking and just put them straight through. Thank you very much. Hello, Angela. Oh, good evening, Ian. Good evening, okay. Angela. How are you? Uh, I've got... T- I'm, I'm shit. You want to know I'm shit? <laughs> yes. Anyway, I... It's funny. Hello? Yep. 
Yeah, I just want to wish you good luck for tomorrow night and don't put yourself down. You might win something. We might win something. We're nominated for something, so we, um, (coughs) you never know. We might win something. You're not there for a reason, are you? What is Leeds famous for? Eh? What is Leeds, the city that we are going to, famous for? Yeah. A football club called Leeds. So let me write this down. Football club. Mm-hmm. And what was the football club called? Leeds. It was called Leeds, was it? Football club yeah. called oh. Leeds. Um, they got a good, I think they've got a good market, as I've been told. Leeds, mar- Leeds Market. Yeah. Leeds Market. Um, oh. The only thing I can think of is Jimmy Savile. No, I don't think of him. I don't, I don't what I... Well, I don't mean I don't mean I, I don't mean I obsess about Jimmy Savile, and I'm constantly thinking about Jimmy Savile. What I mean is the only thing I can associate with uh, Leeds is I think I think Savile came from there. I don't mean to check it on the internet. No, no, no. no someone. Mm-hmm. I'd prefer it if someone were to phone in and. But here's the thing: I'm, I, I don't want to sound arrogant, Angela, but I'm probably right. I often am. Yeah, um, this is me, it's me to do. Yes, well, you, you, yes. Um, is that Jonathan? Hello. Hello, Jonathan. Um, I'd like to talk about the reconvergence of an alternate reality with our own. You know what? You, yeah, go on, I'm, I'm in, I'm in. Okay, let me set the scene. Yes. It's Christmas 1987. Okie dokie. Mastertronic have botched up the release of the Sega Master System. Yes. Uh, what if Richard Branson never bought out Mastertronic and revived uh, the Master System? What if what? Uh, Mastertronic had gone bankrupt? Yes. That would have meant that Sega would have never gained a foothold in Europe. Yeah. They would have crashed out of the hardware market um, and would have had to have done a deal with Nintendo to publish their games yeah. on a Nintendo console. Wowzers. So in order to get that deal, yes. Sega would have to sell Nintendo oh, the geez. Mega Drive technology. And what if, instead of... Okay, that was quite niche. That was, that was, that was, uh, even by our, even by our niche standards, that was, um, I've got those, uh, even by our niche standards, that was, that was spectacularly niche, wasn't it? I mean, (laughs) oh God, I'm so off my face on cough medicine, I don't know what, I honestly, I just, I've just got no idea. Tonight's going to be one of those shows, isn't it, Gatford? Yes. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah, hi. Yes? We, you rang me? No, you called me and I called you back. Don't try and be clever, oh. mate, because I'm not in the mood. All right, fair enough. Can I, I, I know something famous about Leeds. Yep. I uh, went there once, and that's not the famous thing, and I was so nervous about going there for a meeting, I actually threw up in the toilets in the train station. There we go. Now, do you remember, because we're going to go to that train station, Where? Yep. Which which cubicle was it? Well, uh, if I remember rightly, and I only went to Leeds Station twice, once yep. there and once back, yep. uh, it was by the main entrance. I believe there might have been a coffee shop there, but I don't know what brand. Okay. Um, and I think there was. I, I think I went to the disabled one. Um, oh, Jesus! If they haven't got enough to contend with being disabled, um, they've got yeah. to, they've got to go, then go to the lavatory amongst your puke. Because well, I was feeling a bit nervous about being at the meeting. But you're not disabled. Um, 
Like, it was just a bigger stool. Oh, jeez. I don't know about your stools. 03444991000 is the telephone number. You can Skype. Late Night Alternative. We are trying to come up with a list of 20 things, um, 20 interesting things about leads that don't include Jimmy Savile. Can we do it? 03444991000. Skype. Late Night Alternative. I'm Ian Lee. This is Talk Radio. Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. And with time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search time to change to find out more. Can I just say, I'm getting... I'm getting aggro because um, I'm not answering the Skype calls quick enough. People are accusing me of cutting people off. Um, The Skype is still kind of a new thing that we're doing with the show, so we don't get many calls on it. But um, if I'm on the adverts or if I'm taking another call, then I'm I'm probably not going to um, take your Skype call. So if it rings out, it's not necessarily me cutting you off. In fact, I don't think I've cut anyone off yet. Um, But... It just means I'm busy, so try again. We don't have a system um, where people can rack up the calls. So just, you know, just just chill. Evening, Victor. Hi, Ian. Um, famous people from Leeds. Keith Lemon. Is he from Leeds or is Lee Francis from Leeds? Oh, Lee Francis. Okay. Yes. Okay. Lee Francis. But is Keith Lemon from Leeds? Well, they're the same person, aren't well, but the, Well, yes, but I don't know if you know this. Sometimes when um, um, actors play characters, their characters don't come from the same <laughs> place of birth as the actor. <laughs> oh, I love your show. No, uh, that's not, I'm not even, I've not even started being cute. I'm genuinely asking. I don't know. Is Keith Lemon from Leeds? Well, um, <laughs> I don't know. I... <laughs> Okay, that's a great call. What did I say that was so funny? I, I, I genuinely, seriously, I got such a, a bad cold. I got a terrible headache, and I've had the worst day. So tonight is going to be one of those shows. Uh, let's try Matt. Good evening, Matt. Hello. How are you? I'm terrible. What do you want? Um, please. Yes. I think. Don't quote me on this. Well, it's it's one of the homes to the Royal Armouries in Britain, and it's mm-hmm. full of. Stuff like medieval armor and swords oh. and shields and stuff like that. Um, is it, well, how how do you know this half fact? Um, I used to drive past it a bit when I was a kid. So I can put an art. Oh. There's an arsenal there. Yeah. Oh man, alive! It's like the Tower of London, but Yorkshire style. If I was, if would I, if you were wearing a suit of armor like um, Sir Lancelot, um, and someone shot you with. Um, let's say, uh, a Colt 45 shot you in the chest. Yeah. Would, would the, would the armour stop that bullet? Oh, I don't know. It'd be bruised, wouldn't you? Well, you, uh, it would hurt, I mean, it would hurt, but, but if you, if you, uh, uh, if you get shot while you're wearing a bulletproof vest, you get, a, you get a massive welt on your chest. Yeah. But I wonder how, how strong that armour was. Would it I, protect you from a I bullet? I don't know. 
I don't know. It's, it's relative to the uh, whatever's been hit at you in them days, isn't it? It's relative to what's ever been. And power and yeah. You know, musket balls, I don't know, quite heavy them, aren't they? Um, I imagine, because um, jousting is made to look very, very glamorous. I bet jousting was, um, was, was a real pain in the backside. Well, not the, literally the backside, because they were aiming for the front side. But I bet it was a nightmare to uh, point the joust in the right direction and all of that stuff. It must have been... Surely, to win a joust, all you need is, is a joust. I'm assuming the sticks are called jousts. All you need yeah, is a joust so- that's like one inch longer than the other person's joust, don't you? And then if yours is one inch longer, you're going to hit them every single time before they do. How's about you just hold it an inch further forward? Well, then you've got two inches. If, you're, if, if we adopt both our methods, then we've got two inches. Good idea, isn't it? Now, I'm going to... Yeah, go on. Yeah. No, that'll do. I was going to just say take the horse out, but... Wow, uh, that's, that's, that's cold. I like that. Um, I'm going to invent a time machine and go back and win uh, uh, Joust Wars. That's what I'm going to do, David. That'll be a very good idea. Yep, I'm going to invent the time machine, I'm going to go back, and I'm going to win a load of money betting on me in Joust Wars. Uh, uh, have you ever ridden a horse? Um, mm-hmm. have I ever ridden a horse? Yeah, um, I've, uh, yes. I mean, yeah, I can't be that hard. I've ridden a camel, and they're harder. Well, they've got their humps and um, the things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but here's the thing with the camel, right? Is the hardest part of the camel is when it gets up and when it gets down. Do you know why? It um, flops forward and backwards, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It go- so you, at, at one point, you're, you're at a degree where you're facing directly down, as it because it, it, it bends its legs. Yeah. So uh, I mean, a horse uh, remains straight when you mount it. Yes. So, yeah, well, uh, exactly. You need um, you need um, like a stool. Here's the thing. When I saw, I, saw, I, I rode a camel when I, um, I had my lost weekend in Marrakesh. <laughs> And, um, and I've seen camels before, but it's the first time I've really looked at a camel. And their humps are nothing like the humps that we draw in pictures. How so? Well, it's... The hump was more like, um... You know, you, you sometimes you see old men who were, um, hunched. Yeah. Their camel's hump is more like a hunch. Right. So it's not, it's not that, like, sort of pyramid shape. It's, um, it's sort of just like a sort of strange lump. Do they have, um, oh, what do you call them? Penises? No, um, half of them do. Um, does the, um, does the hump have a, a rim of hair around it and then it's bald on top, or is that just cartoons? No, I think you're thinking of coconuts. Oh, that's the one, sorry. I uh, if you, here's the thing, right? You know that scene in, um, The Empire Strikes Back? Where Luke Skywalker is out in the freezing cold and he has to cut that big creature open so he can live inside it to keep warm. Um, I think that's Bear Grylls. No, 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 this has also happened in one of the, um, the brilliant Star Wars movies. Well, if I was out in the desert on a date with a camel and I was hot and I was thirsty, right, could I cut the camel's... Could I cut the top of the camel's hump off and stick a straw in and suck up its watery reserve? Um, well, uh, well, that's a thing. It doesn't actually, um, it's not like a well. It doesn't just store like a big oh. sack of water. Oh. It stores the water in uh, fatty, uh, fatty reserves. So what is the, what is the, I thought the hump was the water. 
It is, but it's stored in uh, fatty reserves. Okay. But is the hump the water? No, it's it's uh, fatty reserves. Okay. Can you stop saying fatty reserves? What I want to know is, um, is it worthwhile me cutting off the top of a camel's hump and sticking a straw in? You'd be better off um, severing its um, uh, jugular vein. Oh wow! Sucking the blood out of that. Gosh. Well, are you in? You in Leeds tomorrow? Yes, I am. Um, 42 miles away, and uh, I'm on the way if you're going up the M1, so if you, if you want to... Uh, we're, unfortunately, um, David, we're getting the train. Ah, um... Ah. Ah. So we can I wave can... at you, if you want to sit, if you want to stand at one of the crappy little stations that we won't be stopping at, we can right. wave at you, but we won't be making, um, eye contact. I'm, I'm, uh, it's 46 minutes away in car, I could, uh, meet you in Leeds. Here we go. Someone sent me in an email about Leeds. Um, it's, it's a fact about Leeds, David. I hadn't heard this before. Right. Maybe, I don't know if you can back this up or not. This is from Phil. Phil says, um, there was a young man from Leeds. He swallowed a packet of seeds. In less than an hour, his dick was a flower and his ass was covered in weeds. Is that a true story? Um, it, well, um, I, th- I think you've, you've been sent a limerick there. Yeah, but is it a true story, though? Well, I mean... Uh, did did, did that happen? We don't, know, we don't know the name of the young man. Phil, if you could get back in touch and let us know the name of the young man, um, that'll be really useful. Thank you. Did he say Leeds? Yes. I heard there was a, um, I'm trying to think. I've heard that there was a man from, uh, um... Oh dear. Yes. Uh, there was a young man from Japan. Yep. Um. Uh, <laughs> there was a lo- young woman. No. No. If you make them too young, then it becomes inappropriate. Yeah. No, no, there no. was a young man from Japan who um, always said, "Yes, I can." But then when he couldn't, his dick fell off. I don't... These are hard to do, aren't they? Here we are, then. Yep, here we go. There once was a lass called Louise. Oh. Whose vagina's not like... Okay, thank you so much for calling, David. Let's go to um, Ben. Good evening, Ben. Hi, Ian. How you doing? I'm calling from New York. Hey, Ben, from New York City. How's it going? Good. How's everything in London? You sound very, uh, tripper today. I feel absolutely terrible today, Ben. Funny you should ask, but, um, there you go. There you go. There you go. Well, I was... was, I didn't really mean it anyway, so... No, I know. I know you didn't. I know you didn't. I felt slightly flippant answering (laughs) it in a serious way, but... That's life. That's life. Okay, let me follow up. We had a caller a while back. I was talking to you about Speaker's Corner, Hyde Park, and oh, yeah. the uh, goings-on. So you said you were going to visit, and you were going to yeah. have a... Uh, oh, yeah, you, was, you, wow. you had heard that there were... Um, it was overrun by Islamic gentlemen that were threatening and scaring away um, the other religions. Is that right? Is that a fair summary yeah. of what you, you thought? Yeah, I would say intimidating, but yeah, that kind of thing. Basically, um, yeah. It yeah. couldn't be further from the truth. There were uh, when oh. w- w- there were um, Muslims, 
Jews and Christians all arguing as aggressively and as um, uh, verbally violently as possible. Every faith there was um, was um, pre- well, those three faiths were present. They were all as gobby as each other. They were all as obnoxious as each other. They were all spouting as much crap as each other. <laughs> so no, it, it, it has not been overrun by Islamics. Um, the the uh, extreme Jewish, the extreme Christians, um, uh, the extreme Islamics, and the extreme racists uh, were all there in force. What about the extreme atheists? Had the extreme atheists taken over? Those guys don't give a stuff. <laughs> They're too busy at home. Um, they were, it was a Sunday. They were having a roast dinner somewhere. <laughs> it was thoroughly. I enjoyed it, but it was unpleasant. I got spat at by some uh, by some racists. Really? Yeah, yeah, I did. I got spat at by some racists. Yeah, the racists I know are all very polite people. Oh no, these people. these are horrible, and they didn't like me because I questioned them, and I and I wasn't um, afraid to question them, and um, uh, and then to annoy them even more, I went round and um, was offering free hugs to any Muslim I could find, and that they absolutely hated that that I would dare to hug a Muslim. Wow, they could they could not get their heads around that. Maybe maybe they're not very uh, touchy feely in their culture of uh, racism. Well, this is well, this is what they were arguing about: is that, that some cultures are too touchy feely, um, and so the, 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 But what it was is they were arguing that um, no one talks about um, uh, Muslim child um, uh, sex gangs, okay, oh. and and that um, no one talks about it. And um, that we are all in denial about it, and it is a problem within um, sir, is a problem within the Muslim community. Now, um, I every show that I know talks, as, uh, you know, that speaks about these things has said that the Rotherham sex gang and the other sex gang were predominantly Pakistani Muslims, the, 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 not exclusively, but predominantly. So that it's not as if that's being kept out of the news, and that is atrocious. But then when I say, well, what about? Um, white indigenous um, uh, uh, paedophiles. They said, name one. I said, Jimmy Savile. Oh, Jimmy Savile doesn't count. He's different. What? Hang on a second. I've just named you one. What about all the kids that are getting abused at home by their parents? You know? So it was, um, it was a fun old argument, Ben. All right. Well, that's good. As long as the uh, people are shouting at each other, that's oh, mate, the custom. I, I love it. I, I, I bought a book about it. Um, about the uh, uh, speaker's corner, and I wanted to make a documentary about it. But you're not really supposed to record anything there. It turns out, so we did record some stuff and we broadcast it. It'll never get broadcast again. Let me tell you that. Hot one, Periscope. Well, thank you very much indeed, Ben. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio, and with time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search time to change to find out more. The late night lip service for lovers, loners, and lounge lizards. Yeah, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Oh, I've forgotten your name already. Excuse me. On Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. You can Skype late night alternative. It's all one word. Um, we're not here tomorrow. Jamie East is sitting in uh, for me tomorrow. Uh, we are um, going to Leeds. So tonight we're compiling a list of things that Leeds is famous for, apart from Jimmy Savile. So far, we've got football club called Leeds. Leeds Market, 
Gatford threw up in the disabled toilets, Keith Lemon and Arsenal. That's what we've got. That's it so far. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, uh, you can Skype a late night alternative. Um, we had uh, some fun last night when we had some uh, kids. I think they're about thirteen, fourteen years old. Uh, were um, uh, they were trying to launch an attack? Well, they weren't trying. They launched an attack on our internet, thinking it would bring down the um, uh, thinking that it would bring down the the station and the show. And it didn't. All it did was it meant that Periscope was a little bit glitchy. Uh, <laughs> Um, here's the thing I don't get right. <clears throat> if I had the skills of um, a hacker, if I had the skills that this young man had, I would um, go and like take on ISIS, or I would go and take on. Jeez, I don't know. NASA. Not NASA. They're the good guys. I go and, I go and take on ISIS or someone, you know, who was a dick. Um, but, I mean, just attacking um, a, a radio station? That I, I mean, really? Really? This guy's just sent me a, a, a request. Let's see if we can speak to um, to David, who sent me a contact request. He's, a, he's got a strong beard in his picture. That much I can tell you. That's a great profile picture. He just sent me a contact request, and um, uh, now he's not answering. Ah, oh, man. Ah, oh, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Call me. Call me, man. Hit me up. Um, Paul? Hi, two things to say. Do you know it's International No Beard Day? Is that what you're talking about? Uh, you know that's not what we're talking about. Well, I didn't know, but it's International Have you been listening? No, I've just... Right, I'll tell just, you what, then, go and listen to the show, and when you've heard a bit, you can give us a call back, no, yeah? I'll tell you what... Yeah, I... OK, there we go. <laughs> Have a listen to the show, mate, when you've heard a bit, then you can call in and chip in, yeah? How does that sound? Yeah, fair enough. Beautiful. Not in the mood tonight. Not in the mood tonight. The show's when, um... Um... When I'm feeling lousy. They're normally the best ones, so, um, tighten your belts. Hold on to your hats, guys. It's gonna be a bumpy, bumpy show. Yes, Paul, have you had a listen? Yes, okay, I did hear five minutes if you had not cut me off as much as I heard. Yeah, yeah, go to to Paul, Paul, go and listen to another five minutes and give us a call, yeah? There was. Thank you, mate. Oh, and don't call in with your crappy jokes. I think today's an honesty day, isn't it? Today feels like today feels like an honesty day. Should we do? Hey, I, I'm do, all right. That's what we do. We're doing an honesty day, right? Up until eleven, because after eleven, we've got um, uh, time to change. We're going to talk about mental health and stuff like that. But you can go. So, how are we going to do this? Okay. So, if you want to call in, 
There's got a bit... I was going to say you can call in and ask me anything, and I'll be completely honest, but obviously there would have to be parameters. Remember once I did this feature, and it was... I love this feature. It was inspired by when Brian Wilson phoned me up at home. Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys did this thing after Hurricane Katrina that if you donated $100, he would call you up at home and you could ask him a question, and he would make three attempts to call you, and lo and behold, he phoned me up one day. And so me, I came up with this brilliant feature... That was basically that. And what I would do is I'd get people to email me their phone numbers and um, I would attempt to call them randomly, not during the show, but sort of just during the day and we'd record it and they could ask me one question and I would answer it honestly. And um, my two favourite questions were, and people would phone up and go, I mean, when Brian Wilson did it to me, because it caught me off guard... And he said, what's the question you'd like to ask? And I just went, what's your favourite, what's the favourite album that you've made? <laughs> what's your favourite album that you've made? Stupid thing. And so quite often I would phone people up at, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon and they'd be, uh, they'd be at work or, or, and they'd be so surprised and they'd, they'd ask something similar. Um, so one guy phoned up, my two favourite, I phoned one guy up and he asked me to name, list all the drugs I'd taken. And I did... But we had, we had a lot of fun with that one, because what we did, uh, my producer, Chris, was a very clever man, and a very funny man, and um, he bleeped out all the drugs, but he, he made the bleeps really long, and he put in some more bleeps, so the list went on for about two minutes of me going, well, I first took bleep, and bleep, bleep, and bleep, and it went on for about two minutes of me just, yeah, well. And the other, the other best one was this guy, and he was a pain in the backside. This caller he used to, hello, is the ghost? His name was, um, his name was Hassan. That was it. His name was Hassan. Hello, is the ghost? It's a really, it just used to really annoy me in the way that some things do. And his question was brilliant. It was brilliant. He said, "What's your mobile phone number?" And within the rules of the game, I had to um, give it to him. And I did. And I, I told him my mobile phone number. Right. And then we did the show that day. And he phoned up the show and he said, Ian, I got your mobile phone number, but I didn't hear the last number. Can you tell me again? I went, no. I've t- I have told you. We didn't trick it. I didn't swallow that number. I didn't, I, I, I get, he, he just didn't hear it. Um, and I said, no, I'm not going to. And he said, okay. And then the next day, I got a phone call. And I answered the phone from a number I didn't recognise. I answered the phone and I went, hello? And this person, hello? Is that Ian Lee? And I realised it was Hassan, the ghost. So I went, oh no, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. No, you got the wrong number. Oh, sorry, goodbye. And he put the phone down. And he, and he, and he had my phone number. He had my phone number. I tell you how we do it. If you want, and and this could get this could get nasty. It's a dangerous game. Truth or dare? It's a dangerous game. This is how we're going to do it. If um, you want me to tell you exactly what I think about you, oh, isn't it though, Kath? I'm just in that mood. I'm just in that kind of mood. Y- you're not going to hear this anywhere else. If you want me to tell you what I think about you, not anyone else. Don't phone in on anyone else's behalf. Um, then I will, and I'll be honest, and you might not like it. How's about that? Fancy some of that? 
Fancy some of that for the next 20 minutes? Yeah? It's going to end in a punch-up. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Let's quickly take this uh, Skype, although I suspect, I suspect, I suspect. Hello, Johnny. What's up, Ian? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. It's Jimmy. Jimmy? Jimmy, yeah. It says Jimmy Johnny Scott. on the Skype. It's... It's Jimmy on the Skype. It says Johnny on the Skype. I know, but it's Jimmy. When well, I used to call you before, I called myself Jimmy. Well, when did you used to call me before? Look at that beard. That's a good beard, man. I used to call you and do the film reviews, remember? Oh, you used to, that was you, was it? That was years ago. Yeah, that was on Absolute, I think. Absolute, yes. Absolute Radio. The old one. Where everybody used, used to, to go. go. Yes, they did. Don't you know, on Absolute Radio One. Yeah, great jingles. Yeah. Everybody goes there. The bum bum. Everybody's going down. Everybody's going down. Everybody's going down. Everybody's We're going down, down, down. Absolute, and I'm listening to Hard Hard FM. I'm listening to Robbie Williams and Ooh, Emma. Williams song make me go so angry. Have a delicious color of brown brain that. What are you talking about? Robbie Williams song gives me a boner. <laughs> well, then you must be a loner. I'm a loner. That's why I got a boner for Robbie Williams and Toby Anstis. Thanks for the call. 0344 499 1000. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Moonlit musings from mums, madams, and meat packers. Oh, never mind, I must have misheard. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. The station's brilliant. On Talk Radio. Right. Very, very exciting news. Very exciting news. First track from Nick Knowles' album has dropped. This could potentially be a world premiere. Could potentially be... Oh, jeez, what the hell is that? Could potentially be a world premiere. Nick Knowles. Um, I'm going to let... What is What is making that noise? Something somewhere is making that noise. Um, it's not you. Is it you? Let me see. What is that? Oh, what is that? What is that? It's not my eyes. What is why he's making that? What something on my computer is playing a song? What is it? What is that? I'm gonna have to close all my windows. Is it right? I'm gonna close iTunes. I wonder if it's this. Oh, it's this. 
Right, it's playing an advert on Spotify. I don't really use Spotify, so I don't know how it works. Get Nigel on, because we'll get him to judge this. This is going to be brilliant. Um, here we go. Right, this is going to be absolutely flipping brilliant. And if you're calling in, wait, because we got business. Big, big up yourself, Nigel. Hello. By the way, this is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. It's time to change. Big up yourself, Nigel. Big up yourself, Nigel. Hello. Yay. Hi, how are you? knocking you? one out? How are you? Yeah, great. Uh, I was on quick, so I've just rung up. I've got straight through then. Yeah, because what's going to happen is I'm going to play... Do you know Nick Knowles? Uh, yeah, on TV. Yes, yeah. On TV. Nick, uh, did he do the decorating programme? That's the fella, yeah, yeah. He, he, and he, he used to do the, the, the your lottery as well. Yeah, he looks like an arse that hasn't been wiped properly. Anyway. Well, he has a beard. He's got a beard, He's he? going to really... He's releasing an album, Right. Does he sing as well? You will. I want to. I've never heard him sing. You're going to. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to play the f- the single from the album has just dropped at Street Slang for being released in our price. Yeah. So I'm going to play it. I'd like mm. you to listen to it, Nigel. Then afterwards, I'd love to get your feedback on it. Yeah. Would that be okay? Sure. Yeah. And then uh, I can do some of my own stuff as well. Sure. I? Sure. Yeah. Why not? So you stay I'd there. Have a, I'd have a butcher's then. Okay. Well, that butcher's is look. So you have a um, listen. Uh, here's Nick Knowles singing. Every kind of people Set the fight to make ends meet And keeps a man up on his feet Holding down his job Trying to show we can't be bored Ooh, it takes every kind of people To make what life's about, yeah Every kind of people To make the world go round Someone's looking for a lead in his duty to a king or to a creed Protecting what he feels is right Fights against wrong with his life There is no profit in deceit Honest men know that revenge does not taste sweet Oh, no matter black or white each and every man's the same inside Who takes every kind of people To make what life's about, yeah Every kind of people To make the world go
life's about, yeah. Different kind of people to make the world go round. Different kind of people to make what life's about. Different kind of people. Thing is, there are professional singers out there. What do you reckon, Nigel? Yeah, I uh, I thought it was sort of average. Yeah, it was. It wasn't bad. You know, it, was, it was pretty good for considering it's him who doesn't sing much. It was pretty good considering it was him. It was kind yeah. of average. Excellent. What do you What do you think? Um, it's not what doesn't matter. What I think oh. because I'd like to introduce you to our special studio guest, Nigel. Would you please welcome Nick Knowles? Good evening, Nick. Is it really? Hello, Ian. Nick, you just heard, um, we just played your song there, Every Kind of People. Why did you choose that, to do that as a song? It's a song that means a lot to me, and I'm doing the decorating, uh, <laughs> we'll sing it. Um, you just heard what Nigel said. Nigel said it was average. Um, no, I thought it, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, you, you, it was said brilliant. It, you said it was average, Nigel. I'm going to come and smash your face in. I'm going to come and punch your face <laughs> in. Well, thanks, for, thanks so much for dropping by, Nick. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Nigel, let's hear one well, of your I songs. It was really good, actually. You but, absolute um, bum lick. I mean, it's a sort of a country and western style, isn't it? Well, uh, one syllable of that was true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I made myself well, laugh well, because, it's, because it's quite slow singing, yes. like country and western, or a lot of songs are slow, country yes. and western songs are slow. Yes, yes, um, yes. I, I actually thought it was you singing at first. Some songs, I, I, some I songs are country and western songs are, some, some country, country and western songs are fast. Oh, of course, yeah. But, I mean, you could sing that song quite well, couldn't you? Oh, God, yeah. Because it's, ca- it's quite an easy tune to pick up. Yeah. A good, tune, a good song, uh, whoever wrote it, it's a good tune. Well. I mean, little... I might even try and copy it myself. Yeah, well. Um, could you do it for us now? Oh, no, not now, not until I learn the words, of course. But, I, I mean, I, I, I could practice it and then do it another night. OK, that would be fantastic. Is it out in the shops now? Um, it's coming out really soon. Will it be on you know, iTunes, won't it? It certainly will be. So I'll be able to download it on, yeah. on iTunes. OK. Um, what was I going to say? By the way, on Twitter it's mixed. I've got to say, on Twitter it's mixed. Some people's... Margot's saying she loves it. Mm. Uh, well, she said it doesn't sound that bad. Some people are saying um, some people are saying good stuff. Some people are saying terrible stuff. It's certainly yeah, yeah. better than an eye for an eye. I would say it's that. It's a bit like the Billy Ray Cyrus sort of thing, isn't it? Um, achy break your heart. But well, when he first started, it was that sort of sound. I think. Yeah. I'm going to tell you. I've got a new drum solo on my on my Facebook again. That's Another great one news. You that's seen. that's great news. Um, did you want to have a look at it? Not right now. I'm a bit busy uh, doing a radio show. Okay, but you've got... Is the other one still on your Twitter? Hang on a second. Hello, Dan. Hello, Ian. What Hello, you, Nigel. What would you like Hello. to say? Would you like to, Do you want to talk to Nigel? Hello, Hello Dan. Hello, Nigel. Uh, whereabouts are you situated in the country? Oh. Um, about two minutes' walk from Nick Knowles' vegan restaurant. Oh, really? Oh, God. Where is that, then? In no. London? No, he really does. He owns a vegan restaurant two minutes Good away. Good for him. <laughs> it's called Oh Joy. <laughs> He, he owns a yacht as well. Listen, I could mm. do... I, if I had a tenth of his money, what I could do with that, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, he's what, done pretty what well. What could you do with that? I'd, um, um... I'd put it uh, in water? Uh, yes, exactly, that's exactly what I... I'd love a boat. I'd love a boat. I'd be good on a boat, I think. What, what kind of boat? Hang on, who, who just had a drum go off, then? <laughs> I was just testing it. Oh? See if it's working. Still there. Um, 
I, I was actually wanted to do a, sing- a jingle about myself for a change. Oh, that's unusual. Damn, we'd like to hear that, wouldn't we? Did you record Definitely. it for, for YouTube? Yes, I will record, yep. You know when we did that other song about uh, that other thing? For the love of God, just get on with it, man. Is it on YouTube, the last one? No, just do it. I've got a minute left. So I might... Here we go. Here we go. It's Nigel from Maystone. He sings a song or two. Sometimes he plays with his organ as well. He likes to do the show. It's Nigel from Maystone. He'll have a laugh with you. Sometimes he plays the drums as well and sings along with you. Nigel from Maystone, yeah. Nigel from Maystone. I feel nauseous. That was bloody awful, Nigel. I'm not even joking. Dan, thanks very much for enduring that with me. That was great quality as well. Up your bum. It was great quality. Uh, This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. With time to change. One in four of us will fight a mental health battle this year. A mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. And we will have more uh, on Time to Change coming up in the next hour. 03444991000. Skype Late Night Alternative. Talk Radio. Coming up next, in the next hour or so, we will have our regular weekly little chat and little check-in about how you're doing mentally and spiritually, dear listener, as um, we join up with our friends from Time to Change. 0344 499 1000. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Can't be done. We've got a long way 
This is a theme tune. This is a theme tune. Oh man, to be able to play banjo like that, imagine. If I could play banjo like that, I would be playing banjo all the flipping time. All the flipping time. Wouldn't you just? The banjo is one of the hardest things in the world to learn. I bought one and I had, and I had about an hour I sat with it and went, I can't do this. It's ridiculous. Dear listener, welcome to the Time to Change Hour on Talk Radio with Time to Change. Uh, for the sex, uh, next, uh, sex, there we go, there's a Freudian slip, slip. For the next 60 minutes, I'm also very, very high on cough medicine, guys. I should, I should stress that. Uh, for the next 60 minutes, we're going to be talking about mental health because, as you know, it's something we should all talk about. Uh, we'll be discussing the highs and the lows and, and how having a mate in your corner can make all the difference, even in the workplace. Um, and you'll know that this is, um, it's not unusual for us to talk about this kind of stuff. You know, we kind of dip in and out of this stuff and have conversations about it. And one of the joys of doing this show, um, is that um, I feel I can share what's going on with me and talk about, you know, my issues with mental health and my medication and my ups and my downs. Not perhaps as much as we did a few months ago, but I can share that stuff. And what is brilliant is the number of you um, who uh, see this weird, silly, psychedelic, esoteric um, left of mainstream late night show as a place where you can come and can kind of share your stuff and let other people know how you're getting on or if you're struggling, if all of this kind of stuff. And, and while you can call in at any point in the week, right? And I stress, can't stress this enough. I know we're doing this hour once a week. You can call in at any point in the week and say, do you know what? I've just, I've just got to talk to you, man. I've just got to, I've, I've not spoken to anyone for two days and I'm at my wits end and I'm going nuts. Or you can find in at any point and say, do you know what? I've been feeling really, really low, but actually, um, today I've had my first good day in six months and I can see that there's, you can call in any time and do that. Okay. We've got between now and 12, this, we're calling this the time to change hour, but you can call in at any time on any show. Even if we're, you know, we're talking the, the best, uh, the, the best B-side or the, 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 um, who was the best. Oh, this, by the way, this is a great phone-in thing. Write this down. Who was the best replacement band member? So someone left and they got someone else in. So all of that, right? You can, you, you know, I love the clunky gear changes and we're talking about something silly and, and stupid and dumb. And then you can phone up and say, actually, do you know what? Um, uh, I, I feel like I want to die. It's all fine. It's all fine. I've got some tips here. Um, uh, for checking up on your work friends. And it's weird, isn't it? Because um, and we've we got a brilliant guest coming on in a minute and we pre-recorded the interview. If you've listened to the show a lot, you'll have heard this guy before. He's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. So you, you want to you wanna listen to what this guy's saying. Um, but you, we, uh, we've all got friends. I, well, I would like to think, I assume. Let me take that back. Um, some of us have got friends that we can talk to and say, do you know what, man, this is... Uh, 
you know, this divorce is getting me down, or this, you know, whatever is, is I'm struggling. Um, but it's hard, isn't it, within the workplace, perhaps, to um, be able to do that. And there have been a couple examples recently of actually slight shifts and slight changes in attitudes towards um, mental health at work. There was, we talked, we mentioned this last week, didn't we? The email where um, a young woman wrote to her boss and saying, I need to have some time off because, um, you know, I need to, I need to, because of my mental health is struggling. And um, the boss wrote back saying, um, thanks for this. Yeah, brilliant. Wonderful. Thanks for asking. This is a great example. Um, I'm more than happy to give you as much time off as you need. Um, keep in touch. Let us know how it goes. And, and you know, when, when you're, when you're fighting fit, um, come back. And I do wonder, how many bosses out there would be um, as prepared to do that? I have got... Uh, th- this isn't a proper job, so I'm always slightly aware that when I talk about my job, um, those of you that have got real jobs, I don't know, working in factories, digging trenches, working in shops and stuff, um, you know, me coming in for three hours a night and, and uh, poncing around, I know it's not a proper job. But um, but I've, I've taken a few days off in the past and I phoned my boss up and said, uh, do you know what? I just can't face coming in. Can I, can I take the rest of the week off just to recharge my batteries? Um, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that I'll, I'll be back on Monday and I'll be, I'll be, if not fighting fit, I'll, I'll be, um, sparring fit. And my boss, Denny, is, is, um, is brilliant like that. He's absolutely brilliant. And he's like, yeah, sure, fine, not a problem at all. And every now and then, yeah, I get the impression he's a little bit, he doesn't quite know what to say. So every now and then he'll just, if, if I'm in the office, he'll just come in and sort of just go, is everything all right, Ian? And, and I know that that is his way of saying, are you on top of things? Are things getting a little bit heavy? Can we do anything? Can we shift anything? You know, so many things are said in this, are you all right, Ian? And it's brilliant. And I love it. And he's, he's one of the best bosses I've ever had. And I couldn't ask for a nicer bloke. And you should be so lucky um, to get a boss um, like that. If you are a boss, by the way, you can call in, right? For this hour, you can call in. I'm going to, I'm going to do the interview in a minute. If we've got some calls, that's great. But I'm going to, but if you're a boss and you can call in about anything, but I'm going to kind of just throw out some themes that you might want to kind of get your claws into. Maybe you're a boss and, um, you've had this. You've had someone come up to you and say, do you know what? I'm really struggling with life. Can I have a couple of weeks off? Um, or maybe you're uh, someone who worked and you've tried to approach your boss or you want to approach your boss. Um, to say that, but you just don't feel that you can. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. The very kind people at Time to Change. And boy, oh boy, genuinely, genuinely, what a thrill to be working with those people. We heard from them last week. What an absolute thrill. I'm, 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 I'm flattered and honoured. We have some tips here. Five tips uh, for checking up on your work friends. Are you ready? You might think some of these are great. You might think some of these are rubbish. I don't know. If you've got better ones, let me know. Um, check how they're doing. And it is more, and it's that thing that we talk about, isn't it? It is more than just going, um, uh, and I've done it tonight. I'm in a terrible mood tonight for all kinds of reasons, right? Um, and so I've been a little bit mean when people find out, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing terribly. But when we do, when we ask, you know, hey, hey man, how's things going? We don't, we don't, very rarely do we want the actual answer of, I want to die. There's this eternal darkness in my soul that is swallowing me and I can't even hear my own voice in the void. We go, yeah, no, I'm fine. Um, Tip number two, grab a cuppa together, the healing power of a cup of tea. That's, o- that's only a British thing, isn't it? The, the cup of tea. It's not, cause in, um, having tea in America is still a novelty. It's, it's coffee. Um, 
it's, yeah, but it's, it's just a British thing. And it is all, and it's the cliche, and I love it. I love it. You know, you just, you, 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 <laughs> your mum puts the phone down, and you go, Mum, what's wrong? Oh, it's your nan, she's died. I'll put the kettle on. And I love it. I love it. Yeah, get me a cup of tea. Brilliant. Number three, listen without judging. Uh, number four, be there if they need you. And five, find out what support there is at work. Um, when you listen to this uh, chat with uh, Professor Sir Kerry Cooper, I should say, um, he, he talks about some interesting developments that are happening uh, in the workplace in terms of you get like a first aider, who, who, you know, if you cut your arm or if you have a heart attack, you can, well, as I say, you have a heart attack, you go to the first aider. Hopefully they'll come to you. But he talks about um, there being uh, kind of mental first aiders as well i see we've got some calls lined up that's brilliant keep calling oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand we're gonna have a break then when we come back i'll set up this interview and you can have a listen to it i think you're going to enjoy it um honestly trust me this guy he knows his onions and um he, he's he's a very clever and a very very funny man and i think you're going to enjoy listening to him this is the late night alternative with me ian lee on talk radio and with time to change Whispering lunar incantations for cross-parents, um, cross-dressers. Yeah. Did you know this about me? And cross-rail workers. Steel and polycarbonate. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I've, I've got a very poor internet connection. On Talk Radio. So, um, Professor... Sir Kerry Cooper, have you know? Uh, he's brilliant. We used to speak to him a lot when we were uh, uh, um, at Three Counties. He was kind of uh, uh, the, the uh, local, and we, we talked to him a lot. And he's brilliant, right? He's really got his head screwed on, and he's, he's, he's very forward-thinking. And, um, man alive, this conversation takes some unusual twists and turns. I mean, him hearing him talk about where he was when Kennedy got shot, I, I found that fascinating. Stay tuned, you'll enjoy this. You can give us a call while this is going on, and you'll speak to Catherine. She'll take your name and number and give you a call back um, at the end of it. So this was me, uh, about 8 o'clock this evening, talking to Professor Sir Kerry Cooper, psychologist from the University of Manchester. Kerry, can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly, young man. How are you? Um, you, you, uh, you don't want to know today of all days. I'm, hav- I'm having a tough old day, man. Have you? Well, let's talk about it. No, we can't. Come on, that's Which will I do? No, really. <laughs> um, is this re- is this recording properly, Catherine? Because it sounds very hollow. <laughs> that one's recording. Hang on a minute. We're having trouble with our microphones. Okay, don't worry about hang it. Hang on. We can sort it. That's that one. But this one is um, okay. Right. Hang on. Which side is it? That side. There we go. We're in. We're in. Hey, Kerry, nice to talk to you, man, and we're not... <laughs> we're <laughs> normally we talk to you after some hideous, hideous thing has happened in the world. I know. Um, and it, so it's good that we're not couched in, in, uh, in that kind of conversation. How's life going for you, man? Oh, it's going really good at the moment. Yeah, yeah. one or two problems, which you always get in life. I yes. have four kids. I have issues you always have with one or two of them from yes. time to time. Other than that, fine. Um, we're doing this thing with Time to Change where we... Um, uh, kind of talking, and it's weird, really, because it means for an hour each week, just for the next few weeks, we have an hour that's dedicated to talking about mental health. And the reason that sits weirdly with me okay. is because w- w- we kind of weave it in and out of the conversation on this show naturally anyway. You know, yeah, we, you we, we'll have someone will phone up and say... The, 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 you know, the best ever concert they went to was The Who in 1983. The Who weren't touring in 1983, fact fans, before you start tweeting me. And then the next caller will phone in and say, um, that their mum's died and that, you know, they're, they're sat there with a bottle of scotch. 
Um, and I guess that's that's quite a rarity still. That a, a radio show that talks, where talk about depression and mental health and anxiety and all these kind of things and suicidal thoughts yeah. um, is quite conversational. Do you know what I mean? We're, we're, yeah. we're getting better at it as a, as a nation, but it's still, it still it seems a little bit. And now we're going to talk about depression. I know, I know. Well, you, you know, it's funny because a lot of people think, for example, Americans are very open. They talk about it all. They're all seeing shrinks. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're all they all have uh, anxiety or depression, uh, and they're trying to sort their life out and all that kind of stuff. And actually, they're not that open. Uh, I think a lot of people aren't. And if you think about it, yeah. Here's the big one. The big one. The big number is twenty five percent. Roughly a quarter of people in every continent of the earth including Africa, yes. suffer from what we call the common mental disorders of depression, anxiety, and stress. I'm glad you said including Africa, because quite often you'll see people online going, yeah, depression's a myth, right? You go exactly. to a village in Africa, you don't, you don't see Ethiopians suffering yes, with do. depression. Yeah, well, good, they I'm glad. I mean, the I'm irony, glad you're saying that. I'm not glad they do, obviously. It's yeah, uh, to be honest with you, the irony is we all have that, because this is life. Things happen to us all the time. Sometimes you can't cope with them. Sometimes they're overwhelming. And not only that, very difficult in lots of cultures to talk about it. Some cultures it's easier than others. In Western cultures, it's very difficult for men to talk about their problems. Easier for women to talk about them. But even in the workplace, nobody wants to talk about it. And that's why we have to have time to change. That's why we have to have... You know, all all the things, the great things, by the way, the two princes are doing, yeah. which is opening it up. Yeah. And when you get people, what you what we need are more people talking, more people in the public eye that, who talk about their kind of problems. The more that happens, the more it opens up the opportunities for other people to talk about their problems. Let, let me play devil's advocate for a second. Is there, a, um, some people would argue, possibly argue, that maybe now we've gone too much the other way, and we talk about it too much, and that people are are, are, are too open. What what would you say to those th- th- those criticisms? Well, I think it, it would depend. I mean, you know, look at your own personal life. I don't know many people who talk about it. I mean, they yeah. will talk about it when a circumstance occurs. Do you know what I mean? Something, some illness in the family, or when somebody is actually in their family suffering, then they'll talk about it a bit. But talking about it, about them, when they're just suffering day to day and trying to hide it from work because they're frightened to death, it will adversely affect their career and all that kind of stuff. No, I don't think it's, I don't think people are talking about it that much. I mean, it seems like that's happening only because I think fortuitously that the young princes have really made an impact. You know, they've talked about their loss, what they felt about it, how they suffered. And that's made other people talk about it. I mean, in the workplace, there was a, there's a guy who was the uh, chief exec of uh, Lloyd's TSB. Yeah. And he was the first guy in the finance sector to come out and say, I'm, you know, I'm suffering from depression. I need to take time off. Wow. And, and I don't know if you knew this. This is an interesting one. A, a number of years ago, the prime minister of Norway mm. went on television and said, I'm having to take uh, about six months off because I'm suffering depression. No, did he really? Yeah. Can you, can That's you incredible. imagine Theresa May talking about her mental health problems? Or, by the way, any 
former prime minister being open and honest about it. Guess what? He got reelected. <laughs> Isn't that the irony? Isn't that incredible? Well, we all know, know that Churchill had his you know, demons. We, need, we do need more conversations. Yeah. You don't want to overdo it. Yeah. Right? But you do need we need we need to open ourselves up just so that we can find people at work, in our family, you know, in our neighborhoods who we can talk to when we have problems. Because one in four of us in a lifetime are going to suffer it. That's just the reality of it. Here's, well, here's the, the, the thing that proves to me we've got to keep talking about it. It's just the number of people that are dying. You know, the number of, of, of uh, I don't know, it's, it's, it's the biggest killer of men between the age of, what is it, 25 and 45 or something. But um, but they're also young suicide women. Is, yeah, yeah suicide. Young, young women uh, also end their own life. You know, people are, are killing themselves because of this. It's and fatal. You know, in the workplace, I don't know if you know this, it used to be that sickness absence, the leading cause of sickness absence in the UK workforce and in many of the developed countries in Europe and North America and everything else was what we call muscular skeletal, backache, yeah. you know, those kind of things. Actually, now the leading cause is the common mental disorders, depression, anxiety. That is the leading cause of sickness absence throughout the whole of the developed world. And it's a, that's a real issue. So that's why it, businesses are dealing with it and developing kind of well-being programs, trying to and get uh, mental health first aiders. Have you heard about that one? No, go on. Okay, so you go, you're go. you in a workplace, right? Yeah. And they we have first aiders, right? We all have first aiders in the workplace in yep. case you have a coronary physical kind of problems, right? Now what companies are doing is uh, developing peer, what is known as peer-related mental first aiders. So here's what happens. You say to employees, we want to entra- train you to be able to talk to people who you think may have mental health problems who you actually work with. Yeah. Right? In other words, you're, you, we're going to train you up, and your job is to see if you notice that there are people who are suffering. Incredible. Suffering in silence. You know, go talk to them. Just go talk to them and try to give them advice about where they should go get help. So that's now getting very, very common. That's amazing. Where are you? Where do you stand on medication? Because I'm, I'm on medication. I'm on uh, my venlafaxine and my metazapine, and I'm I am pretty confident that um, this. I've only been on this combination for a while. I was on something else before. That it has saved my life. But the, the, it's um. Let me. Can I sh- can I show you the side effects it has, Kerry? Would you mind? No, go ahead. Right. So I put on a load of weight. Yeah. Um, I cannot, here we go, I cannot ejaculate. I can, but it's really bloody hard to get there. And um, I, and today I'm having a really stressful time, which I will tell you about off air. But I'm having a really, really stressful time. And, and just this evening, um, I was having problems because my bank card had been cancelled by mistake. And then I was just, this issue that I'm dealing with was just getting quite nasty. I was involved in quite a nasty exchange of messages. Um, and I really wanted to cry. And I couldn't cry. I couldn't cry, and I really yeah. wanted to, and, I, and I, I could feel it bubbling away. Yeah. And, and a year ago, I'd have been in floods of tears, and I would have felt better for it. But yeah. today, I couldn't cry. The medication is inhibiting that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know, the, the whole purpose of medication, in a way, is to enable you to kind of calm down, yep. deal with your anxiety or your depression, so that you can kind of look at the underlying problems. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I'm, for me... Medication's great if it gets you in a state where you can then talk about the underlying issues. Yeah. Because the underlying issues are what cause people's problems. It is not just a bi- it is biochemical in the sense that the the depression, the anxiety, the stress that you experience obviously affects your biochemistry dramatically. Yep. 
your mo- your moods and emotions. But we got to underpin that and say, so what's behind it? Is it a bad marriage? Is it a this? Is it a that? And and it might be, and it's usually something you can deal with once you surface it. Mm. And I think that's what, for me, it, I, I'm not against the medication at all. I mean, if it has bad side effects on you, that's that's something you have to worry about. Yeah. Or you have to think about, and just then you go to your GP or or a psychiatrist or whoever you're seeing, consult, you know, uh, counseling psychologist or whatever, to try to get it kind of changed so that it doesn't have those kind of negative side effects. However, if it's working for you, then that's great. Yeah. But for me, talking therapies are really important. Well, this you know is, what I mean? Why does, here's the thing, and I, I, I was seeing the therapist for ages, and I've, I made a decision about six months ago to stop, because I wanted to just kind of tackle some stuff uh, on my own. Yeah, okay. Uh, but but I, I, I'm, you know, I'm a big talker. I will, I will sit, you know, you sit, sit down next to me on a bus, ask me how I am. I'm going to spend the next <laughs> 20 minutes telling you everything that is wrong. Why, why, how does it, why does it work? Why does sitting down, quite often, you know, with a therapist, it's, you get the therapist hour, which we all know lasts 50 minutes. Yeah. And you, you can pay quite a lot of money, or, or, yeah. or you, if you're lucky enough to get one on the NHS. Yeah. But why does sitting down opposite a stranger for 50 minutes talking, how, why does that work? Well, it works if you've got the right person yeah, talking to you. definitely. In the end, it's about that. It's not about CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, or a particular form of psych. It's not, uh, in my view, it's not just the approach that's important. It's the nature of the relationship you have with a trained counselor almost regardless of what technique they use. Now, CBT, or cognitive behavior therapy, we're using a lot now, or the NHS is, and, and, and so on. And the reason they are is because there's more research on its effectiveness, right? Yeah. It's because it's a kind of well-structured black box. Mm. We know exactly what that means. But if you talk to most psychotherapists or counselors, they'll tell you, I use a little bit of CBT there, and within, I'm going to use a little bit of that, I'm going to use a little bit of that, and a little bit of that. And most of them gauge what your issue is and use an approach that they think would work with you. But it's all about the relationship. Yeah. You have with it. And why it works, if it's done well, is it highlights for you, which you can't see, the issue that may be showing, may be manifesting the symptoms. Yeah. That's all it's about. So the issue may be buried, it may be deep-rooted. In the majority of cases, it's not that deep-rooted. It's not psychoanalytically deep-rooted to, yeah. you know, to your mother or, or sexuality, or it could be. But it could be. But it, for a lot, a lot of people, they just don't ever reflect on it, and they don't ever drag that stuff up. Hey, what's the thing with the eyes? Do you know the treatment with the eyes? No, I don't know oh, the treatment no, with the I, eyes. No, because I had some fella, um, was, was a friend of mine, Swarblight, where, where they, 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 someone talks to you. Maybe this is quackery. I think this might be quackery, Gary. Someone <laughs> talk, ahead. A I've, therapist I've talks to you, and then they watch wh- which direction your eyes move in, and that indicates some trauma that you may have been through. Does that oh, sound like quackery I, I to you? I don't know about that at all. Right, well, I'm going uh, you know to send I mean, you on if, a course. If you've been through a trauma in childhood, get, bringing that up is quite useful. Yeah? It really does, because then you find ways of kind of dealing with it. You know what I mean? You, yeah. You then can think about, so, and that's what cognitive behavior therapy does. It tries to change your behavior once you've identified the underlying source. And, and, and that's helpful for all of us. You know, if... If we have nobody else around, you know, some people naturally uh, have a kind of network of friends or family or whatever, individuals in their lives who they can talk to about these issues. 
And if they can, and that friend is very sensitive, right? Mm. It doesn't necessarily have to be a trained counselor, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. It doesn't. It's a tough one. It's a tough one, though. It it can be tough to bring up with friends, you know, when you're out, I don't know, down the pub or out having a meal or wherever you might, you know, out shopping with your mates or whatever. And you want to try and... Because there's other people usually involved. Yeah, but you want to... It's very difficult to do it in front of other people. But if you want to express that that, um, huge lead blanket that's wrapped around you, that darkness of the soul, you know, that stuff that is is impossible to, to kind of put into words those feelings of bleakness, that's... that. Can, I can see why some people are apprehensive at sharing that, even with their best mates. Oh, no, I agree with you. And by the way, men in particular have real trouble surfacing this stuff. Yeah. And that's why, in a way, funny enough, why they go to pubs. If you think about it, you go to a pub, you get plastered, mm. right? Yep. And then you start talking about certain things. Yep. And that gives you the excuse the next day or a week later, oh, did I say all that? I don't know. I was too drunk. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And women, the good news about women is they have better coping strategies than men because they they have higher EQ, emotional intelligence. What women can do is talk about their feelings, express them, cry. You know what I mean? If you cry, say you're a, a, at work and you're a, a man and something happens to you, you know, you've just been told that, you know, your job job's at risk. Yeah. Right? A man will, you know, you know just uh, man it up. Right, and keep keep his emotions away from that. A woman might cry spontaneously, or something else goes on. A woman cries. In a way, by crying, you're alerting other people to the fact that you're not coping with something, yeah. or something's troubling you, and therefore they're going to come and help you and support you. Somebody will. And, but men, that's why, and men don't do that. So they don't. They either don't express their feelings, or they bury them, and that's uh, that's that's not healthy. And uh, and yet. You know, if you talk about mental health, uh, a lot more women will go for counselling than men will. It's funny, you mentioned, um, uh, start about how maybe we think Americans are, uh, are better at sharing this stuff. And I remember something that we got from the Americans. I remember in the 70s and the 80s, men didn't hug in this country. They shook hands. I know. And they stood awkwardly. And I remember in about 1981, 82, 83, there were loads of sketch shows. I can remember one sketch with Lenny Henry in it. There were loads of sketch shows where they would pretend to be, it was like a spoof of an American soap. Yeah. And they would all hug each other. And every, yeah. all the men would be hugging each other. And that's something we've got slightly continental from the French, but I think we've got it more from the Americans. That's a great thing that we can do that. Because you, people don't really shake hands now. You meet your mates down the pub. And it can be, you know, a fey, um, broad broadcaster like myself, or it can be a tough bloke down the football, Yeah, there's hugs going on. But remember, also, it was in the 90s, wasn't it, when football players started to cry, yep. gas coins, yeah, yeah, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. and I think what also really kind of helped open us up a bit, right? I can say us now, I'm a dual citizen, right? Yeah, well done. I've been here for 50 years. You made the right choice. Yeah, it's okay, I certainly <laughs> did. And, and you know what? When Diana died, that opened up the floodgates. Yeah. The emotional floodgates. And then her sons are now carrying that on, if you know what I mean, which is absolutely brilliant. But the fact that when she died, it it made, you could see men crying. Yeah, yeah. 
Everybody was. I and it, and it, and it, and, it, and it was really, really important that that happened. And and we're getting more of it and more of it. And I don't think we have too much of it. No. I don't think you can ever do too much of people expressing feelings. We just need to get feelings out. But you can't do it with everybody. There, you have to do it with people you trust. Yeah. Who you know will not use it negatively, and who you feel will give you sound advice because. When you have a problem, you don't want just people to say, oh, don't worry about it. It will get better. You actually want people to give you feedback yeah. and give you sound options to deal with it. Yeah. Very quickly, just, and I, I will finish me up because I, I could chat to you. I know I love this. But you, you talk about Diana dying. Uh, that didn't hit me, right? Because I was like a cool 24-year-old. And I observed the whole thing with this, um, this, this kind of just interest because I found it fascinating. And I never got... Why people get so upset when celebrities die. Until Davy Jones of the Monkees died. And I'm obsessed with the Monkees, Kerry. And when he died... God. I was in pieces. In pieces. And it was... I found it fascinating. So you identified with him quite strongly in some way. Yeah, I did. But I I was... Part of me was crying for him. But I I managed... After a while, I took a step back. And I realised, actually, it was um, a conduit that allowed me to mourn... I I was mourning my childhood. I was mourning the fact that, at that point, I didn't have a good relationship with my dad. It was... There were loads of things that... that, Because I, 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 I could cry about this bloke, who I'd only met once for five minutes... But actually, it was letting loads of other stuff come out. So I get it. If people cry because their pop star dies, I get it. I get it now. No, no, I get it too. Uh, and you know, it's funny because when I was younger, I, you know, I'm, I'm that old that when Kennedy was around, you know, I was yeah. a social worker in the city of Los Angeles. I wow. was doing a master's degree at the University of California. And I remember going to the, because I was working in, this, in the city of Los Angeles with very really deprived population in Watson. It was terrible. Yeah. And then, but I would then rush off to the university to do my courses, right? Because I had to work because I came from a working class family. Yeah. So I rushed off to the university, but I didn't, my radio wasn't working in my car and I didn't hear that Kennedy was assassinated. And I walked into the room and the, the, the professor and all the students were sitting on the floor crying. Wow. And that had the most powerful wow. impact on me. And then they told me what happened and then I started to cry. I mean, how could you not? Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, I felt, again, it's the same thing with you. I identified with him. Uh, I had one or two things going on in my life yeah. at the time. Uh, you know, all of that is very powerful. And it doesn't make any difference what it is, but getting access to your emotions from, you know, is, I think, really important. Um, Kerry, I, I, fascinating chatting to you. We'll have to meet up and have a coffee at some point I and have a face to face. Absolutely love it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll sort that out. I'll, I'll send you a message and we'll, we'll sort that okay, out. Okay, thanks, mate. Nice one, man. Talk to you soon. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Take a trip into the alternate reality of late night radio. I think I'm in something like the Matrix, and so are you. The late night alternative. Hello, hello. With Ian Lee. Is there anybody out there? On talk radio. Hello. This is the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio with Time to Change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. Um, And, you know, we talk about mental health stuff all the time, and you're welcome to call him um, whenever you want, he said, untangling a cable. Um, And, you know, you might have heard something in that... He's good, Kerry Cooper, isn't he? He's good. He's really good. Um, and you might have heard something in there that doesn't, that, that just, you know, a seed might have been planted in your head. I can only apologise for planting seeds in your head. And it may take a little while for that to turn into something 
um, that you might want to phone in about or that you might not want to phone in about but might have an impact on your life or it might never have an impact on your life. There we go, you see. All bases are covered. 0344 499 We'll keep talking about this specifically until midnight. Then after midnight, we can still talk about it, but we'll also do some more stupid stuff. And I've got, remind me, Sam Fox and 7-Up. Sam Fox and 7-Up. It's not a joke. It's not a bad joke. It's two separate things that have popped into my head. Good evening, Will. Hello. Hey, man, how you doing? I'm quite good, thank you very much. What you got for us, Will? Well, I was just wondering about mental health. Yes. What's your opinion on it, man? Good, okay, well done. Thank you, Will. <sighs> Dear, he takes all sorts. You'd have heard that on Periscope. I'm going to apologise because you may have heard that on the radio as well. I don't think you would have done, but we're with that, with that slightly... Uh, dodgy um uh dumb button i knew he was going to go somewhere but i like to give people the benefit of the doubt because i'm a nice guy i'm a nice guy um hey sam hi are you all right yeah good thanks man what you got um well basically i've been like struggling with things like anxiety and uh depression for well since 2013, because my mum passed away. I think I spoke. I think I spoke yeah, you did. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you're, you've yeah. got the fun stuff going on. I mean, wowzers. Yeah. Uh, um, and, like, with anxiety as well, it's, like, kind of, like, little things, kind of walking down the street, and you have, like, one sort of bad thought, and it's, like, a domino effect. It triggers loads of other things. Yeah. And um, my, my girlfriend as well, Charlotte, is going through some similar things to me. Like, no sort of... Boy, I guess I'm passing in her life as well. And yeah. I think obviously having someone to talk to about is important. But obviously, it's weird because like, I make my YouTube videos talking about mental health and like encouraging young people who, who are younger than me. I'm like, I'm, I'm uh, 21. Yeah. Just telling people to be open about it. And there's, other, I mean, and there's no shame in struggling because everyone struggles at some point in their life. You know, it's just a shame that because of things like social media, we now have a platform where it's amplified. And what I say is a shame, I mean, it's obviously a shame people are suffering, but I just think things like this, like this radio show and lot other things are really important, so thank you. Well, yeah, you know, um, it's, I, I, I do think we've come a significant way, uh, even five years back, this kind of stuff was, was, was on the fringes of um being spoken about i do wonder personally and i'm speaking about me sam whether Mm. i share um i share more on twitter than perhaps i should perhaps i should be sharing that stuff with like i don't know friends and stuff i haven't here's the thing i haven't got many friends i've got like three friends one of them is kath and Mm. i've got a couple i got like three friends imagine that who and they must get sick to the back teeth of me talking about all this stuff yeah i mean I mean, with Charlotte, like, I don't really talk about it a lot because, I don't know, it's it's very, very, very difficult to talk to, like, really important personal things about someone who you genuinely love because, obviously, you don't want to bring them down. And that's why speaking to a stranger sometimes, well, like, helps a lot. So, like, things like Samaritans are really yep. important because yep. they won't judge you. They, won't, you know, they don't know you, so they can't judge you, you know? Gotta love the Samaritans, 116123. Gotta love those guys. Definitely. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's all we, um, all we had to say, but I, just nice think, I mean, this whole thing is fantastic, so good on you. Thank you, Sam. Nice to hear your voice, ma'am. Cheers. Ta-ta. 0344 
499-1000 is the telephone number. This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. This is The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with time to change. 03444991000. Hello, Charlotte. Hiya. Hey, Charlotte. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? I've got a stinking cold, man, and it uh, means I can't sleep and I'm all bunged up. But apart from that, I'm on top of the world. What have you got for us? I was just going to uh, sort of give a little bit uh, on the mental health. Yeah, go on. Of, um, I just wanted to say, like, it's... Obviously, it's, like, such a difficult thing to talk about with people. And I've been suffering since I was 15. I'm 20 now. And it's, since I was 18, it's been kind of endless trials of different medications and things like that. Yeah. And I've, I'm, I think I've finally found one which is doing me good um, because it's like the combination of depression and anxiety, yeah. which go hand in hand, are so dis- are difficult for like each different person to control. Oh, yeah. People have this idea you just walk into the doctors and they give you Prozac and then you feel fine. Um, and, um, it, it, it doesn't work like that. It's, there, there is, there is, there, there is science and there is chemistry involved it, and it can be one drug. It can be a combination of drugs. And here's the thing I found out, Charlotte, that sometimes, um, you would think that if you took more of a drug, it would have a more positive impact, but sometimes you need to take less of a drug for it to have a greater impact. It's a weird, it's a weird old chemistry. And I think the doctors and psychiatrists that do that kind of stuff and work that kind of stuff are, um, uh, shamans and magicians. But do, so are you seeing your GP or have you got someone, are you seeing a psychiatrist? Uh, I was seeing a GP who suggested that I should see a psychiatrist yeah. because of the long term, um, kind of battle with it. Yeah. Um, for lack of a better phrase. Um, it's just, I've, I mean, I, I, admittedly, um, when I was 15, it, it all started off um, with being labelled as depression because I uh, an attempted suicide. Oh, my goodness. So from that point, it kind of stems from probably way before I was 15. Yeah. Um, but as a young person at the time, it was really difficult to talk about with my friends and family and with my teachers and things because... They were kind of like, um, you're young, you don't, what do you have to stress about, you know, mm-hmm. what, what's the, really the, the issues and stuff. So when I did what I did, it was a real shock to people. And a lot of people called it the typical, like, attention-seeking thing, which it, I think is the, the worst mm. kind of stigma that surrounds all of it. Mm. Um but yeah, like even with, um, like in my relationship, I'm very open when it comes to talking about my mental health, but my boyfriend is not. And it's, it's a very strange I, situation. Without giving away too much of my own personal life, I have been in a similar situation where I have been um, open about my stuff and a partner has not been um, open about that stuff and is, it, it, it has been embarrassed uh, yeah. about me talking about that stuff and thinking, you know, but what, you, what if what if people we knew heard you talking like that? Mm. So how do you go... Uh, by the way, can I just say, just going back to, to quotes, the other thing, uh, I'm certainly glad that you didn't 
manage to kill yourself. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful and appreciative that you are still walking on this earth, however much of a, of a chore and a test of your character it may be. So, so well done for making it this far, Charlotte. Well done. <laughs> You've made I mean, it. I- you made it be, well. Hopefully, you've made it about a quarter of the way through. <laughs> How's it going yeah. so far? Well, I mean, obviously, at the time, um, I wanted to do it. Yeah, of course. But kind of the moment when I woke up in hospital, there was a massive realization for me that actually I am loved and I am supported, yeah. which I just didn't feel a hundred percent. Up until I actually, you know, I think I think fifteen is because I think fifteen was the time I went to the doctors to, to say I don't feel right, um, and I think fifteen is such a pivotal time in a person's life, boy or girl, you know, um, because th- th- things are changing. It's so easy to feel isolated at that age. I remember, even though I had loads of friends and I was funny and I was loud, Charlotte, and my mum and dad were separate. My mum loved me. I felt I, I felt really alone. At the age of fifteen, really alone. Is that how you felt? Yes, yeah. 100%. I was always in a big group of friends, and I was always really loud. I was at parents' evening. It was a matter of oh, Charlotte's a great student, but Christ, she talks. Yeah, yeah. And it was always something. And then all of a sudden, it just went from being this kind of loud and bubbly person to being complete introvert. Um. And even when I when I went to uni, my my first few weeks, I was really kind of out there, and yeah. you know, it was a new place. It was a new start for me, where nobody knew me. And then, after a while, it kind of got a little bit too much, and I've actually had to drop out of uni now. Um, oh, sorry to hear that, man. Because it's it's just for me not doable. Like the 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 stressing about things and the anxiety that comes with everything to do with uni, for me, I couldn't cope with it. So from that point, just the tiny things that can happen with you in your life, which can just trigger something instantly. It's it's incredible. Some of the things Mm. you wouldn't even think about. So how are you doing today? Like this right second now, 10 minutes to midnight on what I don't know what day we are Wednesday night. How are you doing? Not so great. Um, I have a very kind of important day tomorrow, which the anxiety for that is building up and up and up, and I've been stressing about it all day. Um, Completely prepared for it, and I'm completely kind of ready, but it's just in in my mind, I I can't let my mind settle. Yeah. And I can't accept that I'm ready and I'll be okay with it. Do you meditate at all? I have tried. You can't yes. do it. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't get the peace, man. No, nope, not at all. Because um, I, I, I do. It, I don't do it enough, and uh, I do it from time to time. And when I do it, do it. It, it, it does help a lot. And I do it two ways. I, I, I'm an old head, uh, Charlotte. I've, I've lived, and uh, years and years ago, I learned transcendental meditation. So I have a mantra, and it's the best thing. And it's like just carrying this thing around in my head, and it means I can sit still for twenty minutes and repeat the mantra, and twenty minutes are gone. Um, but I also use the Headspace app on the phone. That, for me, is um, it's this very nice gentleman who speaks very softly like, like this. And um, I found that wonderful. I know, I know my sister, I'm sure you won't mind me saying this, my sister got me turned on to the Headspace app, and um, it's worked wonders for her. Mm. 
It might have to be something that I will consider. Well, have a look at it. It's free. It's yeah. free. It's free to start with, right? And then when it got to the bit we had to pay, I just went. I just started the whole thing again, so you, you don't have to pay. Um, and just try it. It might be for you. It might not be yeah. for you, but um, it, 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 you know, I'm I'm a great believer in just have. Even if it's just five minutes of switching your phone off and um you know lighting a candle and sitting on a chair and doing nothing for five minutes and then getting on with the day i i think that that is that i just think that is a great it's a great tool charlotte that i have incorporated into my life and i find it very effective (laughs) (laughs) so uh, so, you know it's worth a crack well i mean hopefully i'll be able to do things like that but as i said at the moment it's literally just yeah my mind just does not stop it doesn't rest at all. Hey, listen, man, call me any time you want. Um, you've, you've made it this far. I'm so glad you didn't die five years ago, genuinely, uh, because we wouldn't be having this <laughs> conversation so and we'd have, had, we'd have had ten minutes of me just rambling to myself, which would have been very, very weird. Um, and I wish you the best of luck with tomorrow. Whatever it is, I hope it goes well. Thank you very much. Thanks, Charlotte. Take care. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What a nice person. What a nice person, and from a nice person to a nasty person is Jerry. Hello. Hey, man, how you doing? Okay. I think you might have to sing to me tonight, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Here's the brains are weird things. <laughs> yeah, yours in particular, mate. Yeah, it's weird. Chemicals, chemicals do so much. I just, I just, I just. When you when you got ill with Parkinson's, all your friends disappeared. Yeah, yeah same with my mum with her MS. They all buggered off. She's got loads to do. Let her get on with her work, Jer. Hello? Hello, this is... I'm Jerry's mate, Ian. We're on talk radio. He's just phoning up the radio for a natter. How's he, how are you doing? Hello. You are right? I'm fine, thank you, yeah. Good, 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 good. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right, go on. Put him back on. He's, he's, he's winding up my listeners, as per usual. Oh, right, I see, I see. Yeah, his usual wind-up self. Exactly. Yeah. That's how Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get the inside dirt on you, Jerry. <laughs> well, now, because of that, we've only got 30 seconds less you, left, you muppet. 30 seconds. Chris, has to go to amazing pen calls. Tony and Lee, Tony and Lee. 
See you later, Jerry. Bump your bum. Um, I had a thing, there was a programme on Radio 4 that said that singing can be good for you. Seriously, we've got a market, this is. Jerry's got Parkinson's, for those who don't know. And uh, some nights we can hear him better than others. But when he's, uh, when he sings, we can hear him brilliantly. How's about them? How's about them apples? This is the Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, on Talk Radio. With time to change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Uh, go online, search Time to Change to find out more. Talk Radio. Oh, three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. You can still call in about our Time to Change stuff, or you can call in about nonsense. After midnight, remind me, Samantha Fox and Seven Up. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. wailing in the background. Susie Cincinnati. Susie Cincinnati, it's the beat. I love that song. 
I don't think that song has ever been played on the radio. It's a, a, a B-side, Beach Boys. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 1975. I think it's on the 15 Big Ones album. That's a weird 2012 mix. The original mix, I think, a little bit muddier, but I like it. But there you go. 03444991000. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. And, of course, with Time to Change. Uh, 03444991000. Skype is open and Skype is booted up. You can Skype me up, guys. Late night alternative. And just for the sheer thrill of it, I've opened my DMs. And um, I just thought I'd I'd open them as a punt. A punt. And um, nearly everybody is being absolutely delightful. Um, And then David Turner's uh, sent me one. You're a capital bellend. Oh. (laughs) Um, so that's fine. So I just open. I just do. Um, so here's the thing. Did, oh, ah, that was it. That, I, so one of the things I learnt from um, someone asked me my favourite cheese. It's Gouda. Um, but then ah, here we go. Here we go. This is the. This was a message I got. I didn't get my Sam Fox CD box set that I won. Oh, I sent it. Oh, I sent it. He says could be for two reasons. One, it's still in your car. That's nope. not true. Two, the nuns across the road may have it. Well, I sent it. Well, hounds of Tsar. Tsar. <gasps> How do you say C Z A R? It says T Z A R is Tsar. 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 So you've sent it. Yeah. I was still an Ofcom. Still a Sassana. That is an uh, actual Ofcom complaint if you want to make it. We couldn't fight that one. Um, or, or one prize didn't receive prize. That, that gets that gets us taken off air. But then they'll say, "What was it?" And you say, "It's a Sam Fox box set." And they went, "Ah, well." You want on. Sam Fox's bucks? Because I wrote a funny um, note to put in it as well. You, you want it? Sam Fox's boxes? Yeah. What the hell is this? What are you doing with Sam Fox's boxes? Um, we're due. We were watching. Um, I, I can't listen when there's a pre-recorded interview. I can't do it. I hate my voice. Um, so I went and watched telly. Absolutely nothing on it this time. A horrible programme about Mick Philpot, that bloke that murdered his kids. Oh, 30 seconds of that, I was off. Um, heartbreaking thing about people needing a council help, different people trying to get council accommodation. Oh, that was... But it, uh, uh, it did remind me, we must be due a seven-up soon, mustn't we? Oh, I like those. We must... I've got the box set. Have you? Oh, what, do you want to borrow it? Mate, it's brilliant. Yes and no, but I don't, oh, that, that does upset me, that problem. Oh, no, it's brilliant. I've got the box set, and then since the box set came out, there was another one. Now, the other one happened when I lived in London. It was a millennium, wasn't it? Weren't they all... Mate, right, it happens every seven years. No. So if there was one... No, in I the... mean, there was another series of, like, kids. The, oh, who kids born in the millennium. I don't care. It's like the new monkeys. You know, they, in the 80s, they, they made a monkeys spin-off called what? the new monkeys. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was for crazy guys. And it lasted about six episodes because it sucked. Um, uh, in the 80s, there was loads of new things. There was the new monsters, but it was... I think the monsters were in it, but the new monkeys and people... Anyway, I don't care about new 7-Up. We have... I reckon there's got to be a 7-Up next year. And what's great... I mean, it's, it's the best documentary series ever, 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 ever made. The box set is a joy. Do you know what, actually? I might... I, it's been a while. I might dig out the box set and have that. Because it's, it's... It's all the series building up, except for the last... Excludes the last one. But it's... For those who don't know it, it starts with these kids. Um, I'm going to say... 1960... 60. 
Uh, they're all seven years old, and it film It's that thing, isn't it? If you show me a child at the age of seven, I'll, I'll show, show you the man. man. Um, uh, and it films them every seven years. So it catches up with them every seven years. And what's interesting is some people drop out of it. The guy that goes to work off in, uh, work in TV drops out. Um, and some... There's one, there, there was one guy that dropped out of it. There was one guy that dropped out to go and work in TV, and he would get mentioned in the next two series, so the next 14 years. Steve um, chose to become a television executive at Channel 4, but d- decided not to take part in the show anymore. <laughs> but then there was one guy who just got dropped and never got mentioned. And I wonder... What happened to him? What happened to him? He just, got, just d- didn't get mentioned in the next series. The posh guy... Um, the really, really posh guy will only be in it if he can talk about his charity in Bulgaria, which I think is kind of cool. I like that. So they go and film him. In, with, with, it's, got, it's, it's like an orphanage for Bulgarian kids. And because you watch that, as you're watching that over the years, you think, oh, that guy's a tosser. That guy's a stuck up. But it turns out he's a really decent bloke and he runs this, this Bulgarian charity and he says, I'll, I'll, I'll be in your seven up. I don't want to, but I'll do it. Um, but you've got to film me with the kids in Bulgaria and mention the charity, which I think is great. And what's interesting is, of course, when it first... I think it's about 1962 it starts. When they, when it starts... It might be 67, actually. Anyway, when it starts, it's a novelty. And through the 60s and the 70s, it's a novelty. Then at the, seven, the end of the 70s, what we used to call the fly-on-the-wall documentary starts to get in starts to take place with a series called and it's a brilliant series i don't know if it's on dvd the family, the family yeah. oh that from reading oh and the 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 bloke a uh, big sideburns uh, and and what's interesting with the family i don't think it's on dvd and only one episode's on youtube what's interesting about the family is if i remember this correctly they're still filming it as it starts to go out and it's the first ever instance of of what we would now call we would call it reality TV. It's a fly on the wall documentary, but of of celebrity based on reality TV. So I remember in the very very last episode, they're at Radio One or Radio Two on Jimmy Savile's show, and he's interviewing. And now then, the big guests we have got are the family from Reading. Now then, what is it like being a celebrity? And and so the last show, it, it, it's television is starting to eat itself. And that whole series, or I think it's two series, is basically where it, it, it's where we are now. That whole series is television in itself. Brilliant programme. But also, you've got to remember, there were limited channels then, so they were properly famous. It was like being oh, a yeah. film star. Oh, God, they'd have, they'd, have got, they'd have got 10 million people watching um, a, a, a very poor family in Reading struggling to make ends meet. When you watch those old documentaries, though, the thing that strikes me is the way they talk. They always talk just a little bit too yes. loud and a little bit too fast. What are you doing then this afternoon, Mother? I'm going to be doing this. There's so it's like... It was, I don't know whether it's the sound quality or whether the film sped up or what, or whether that's the way people spoke. But, you know, as you watch it develop, and especially Seven Up, because, you know, now they end up being people who are as old as my parents, um, they, they're, they're not still talking like that. It's just the way people spoke back then in the 1960s when they're on television. I'm trying to find... There was I bought a brilliant record. Um, oh, this is it. Right. I bought a brilliant record. Uh, I did some filming once in a shop, and it was a record shop. And they said, oh, if you go upstairs to the loft, I, I had an hour to kill this. If you go upstairs to the loft, it's all the stuff we've not had a chance to sort through yet. And I was oh, yes, I'm up there. And I found some treasure. And I bought this record. And I think it's called Children Talking. I haven't got it now. And it is um, from the 60s. And it's kids being asked, so what is God? 
Oh. Well, I think that God is a man and uh, he's got bit. Well, he smokes a pipe, doesn't he? <laughs> it's all that kind of stuff, right? Um, and then, it, then uh, I've, I've forgotten about it. It's a great record and I wish I still had it. And then I forgot about it. Jim, Philip and Paul, I'll come to you in a bit. And then I remembered it the other day. And there was a television series of this thing. This, this, this children talking. And it's, it's wonderful. It is from, let me see, I've got it here. Children talking from the 60s and the 70s. It was a series, right? Um, let, let's have a listen to this. Oh, yeah, I love these. If you, if you, I, I don't know how many episodes are on YouTube. You go and look at children talking, BBC documentary. It's worth it for the accents and yep. for the knitwear. Here we go. Here we go. Children Talking was originally a radio series devised and presented by the pioneering, pioneering BBC journalist and documentary filmmaker Har- Harold Williamson. In 67, Children Talking transferred to television and ran until 71. The following is a compilation from those programmes. The secret, here we go, the secret of Williamson's rapport with his young subjects was, he said, very simple. I didn't talk to the children, I listened to them. There we go, listen to this, this is going to be gold. Religion, here we go. Is there a heaven? Yes, I think so. And um, I think it must be just the right climate with um, lots of tall trees. And I don't think it's the same colour. It would be very nice there. And I don't think the people are solid. I think they're kind of transparent and they live in lots of um, uh, colourful houses with uh, no servants, just to prove that they're self-dependent. <sighs> He's about seven, that, that lad. Uh, there's no such place as heaven or hell. Because um, if there was, why why don't we see souls, as they say, rising up to heaven or hell? Because if you're good, people say you go to heaven. If you're bad, you go to hell. But I don't think if you can. Well, I agree with her because if they say God is all around us, with all these satellites and rockets going up above in the air, um, then they would have to go through them or something like that. So I don't really, yeah. really believe there is a heaven. I, I'm with heaven. you, brother. My favourite Bible story is Noah's Ark. Can you tell me about it? Yes. Yes. What happened? They built a, um, a big boat. Noah built a, a big, big boat with all the animals. And then when all the animals got in, it started it to pour with rye. And, and it poured to pour for 40 days or 40 <laughs> nights. Um, what about uh, Adam and Eve and um, Noah's Ark and walking oh, on the water, Jesus walking on the water? I think that science still proves that wrong. Which one? Well... <laughs> That's um, Adam and Eve, because it says that the world started, I think this is, and um, that uh, something broke off a planet or something, and it cooled, and there was an atmosphere formed around it, and dust formed on the outside of it, and then life began out of little tiny things. And there was no Adam and Eve? No, I just think that was a kind of... That's quite a controversial thing to say in 1967. Because he didn't want want all the animals to get flooded away. Well, how many animals did he put on? Oh, I don't know. I know he sent them in by twos. By twos? Yes. I don't know how many animals... Why did he send the animals in by twos? Because the plank was only big enough. 
<laughs> there we go. The plank was only big enough. Great accents. Yeah. Great voices. Can't great knitwear and lovely fringes cut by the mum. I was going to say the hair. Uh, those are those are actual bowl cuts. My my grandma did my hair like that once. She said, "I'll cut your fringe for you. You don't need to go to the hairdresser. Flip it." Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Philip, Paul, Jim, stay there. Come to you in a bit. This is the late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio and her Catherine Boyle. And with time to change, one in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. The radio show that knows truth is always stranger than fiction. Week Monday, I get shoes. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Because they're too real to be part of my imagination. On Talk Radio. 03444991000 is the phone number. You can Skype Late Night Alternative. I've got it open so we can see. Let's go to Jim. Good evening, Jim. Hello, Ian. Hello, Jim. Hello. Uh, so, um, what's the ultimate ploughman's? Sorry? I went to a pub. Yes. Uh, well, I, I had like a tour of the Lake District. Yes. And I ended up going to pubs and yes. just tasting the different ploughman's yes. at different pubs. And I ended up coming up with the ultimate ploughman's. Here we go. Let's have it. So, for me, it was a slice of pork pie, yeah. like a, a, a elongated slice of it, not like a small I'm quite pie. late to pork My first pork pie, I had my first pork pie three years ago, given to me by the disc jockey, yeah, Mike really? Reed. And now I love a pork pie. Yeah, well, uh, incredible. Yes. Uh, three pickled onions. Um, I don't love the pickled onions so much, but I, 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 you could have mine. So this is, well, then uh, a, 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 a spoonful of pickle... Sliced ham. It's a bit tight, isn't it? A spoonful of pickle helps some medicine go down. Uh, Sliced ham. Yes. Cheese of three different varieties. Yes. And some kind of, like, baked bread that's not a slice of loaf. That's some kind of, like, cob or uh, all the different words. Jim, can I stop you for a second and ask you one question? Yes. Why are you describing um, Plowman's lunches to us? I don't know. This wasn't the plan. Thanks very much for calling, Jim. Um, Sometimes a Plowman pops up and you can't yep. help yourself. The Plowman's is just an unmade sandwich. That's all it is. It's, it's a sandwich ingredient. It's a deconstructed sandwich. Yeah. Philip! Hello. Hello, Philip. Hello, Ian. Hello, Philip. I'm just phoning up uh, because I heard you talking about depression earlier. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, <clears throat> I did a quick Google, and it says on Google that in 2006, 31 million antidepressants were handed out. Here we go, yes. Did it? In 2016, 65 million antidepressants were handed out, which makes me think that no enough has been done. I mean, it looks like more has been done. When you hand out their antidepressants, it looks as if more's been done by doctors. Yes. Try that. That's how most people would see it. But from our point of view, yeah. that's a sign that they're just writing people off. Well, I do know? wonder. I am... Um, and, and listen, antidepressants have literally saved my life. I do wonder, because the, the poor old GPs... It was when we spoke to that young lady, Charlotte, earlier on, I asked if she was seeing a psychiatrist, because I do... And I'm lucky enough that I can afford it, because with a psychiatrist, you get half an hour, right, or an hour. With a GP, you've got, you've got ten minutes. You've got mm-hmm. ten minutes 
at the most. And for, for, for anyone, however good they are, to be able to identify the problem and, um, um, and prescribe the right drug in that ten minutes, I do wonder... I, I do come down on the side that perhaps antidepressants are perhaps given out a little bit easier than they uh, than they should be. That there are not enough, um, how we would say, uh, if you were buying a car, background checks being done. And that's not a criticism of GPs because they, they they're under an incredible amount of pressure and they've got to see, you got you're in you're out you're in you're out. Um, but I don't think I know that, that I know that one of here's here's an interesting thing, Philip. One of the side effects, one of the potential side effects of antidepressants is suicidal feelings. And there right. was there's a big I, I come in what drug it is, and I don't want to say it to panic people, but the, <clears> but <throat> there is a there is a, a a drug that um is a very popular antidepressant, but it also has quite a spike on the number of people that kill themselves a month into taking it. Mm-hmm. I know the I know the one you're talking about because I've taken it before myself. Oh, yep, yep. When I was younger. Yep. But I've not taken I've not taken antidepressants for twenty years now. You know. Good for you, well done. But I suffer from anxiety. Yeah. I've suffered my whole life from mild mild depression and anxiety. So, I suppose so how do you deal with it then, Philip? I just uh, try and distract myself. You know. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't uh, you know. Uh, don't think too much. <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing, <laughs> but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. We we try, think try, too try, much. Try. We think too much today. Aye. There's too much thinking, and that's why I like meditation because it's not it's it's the exact opposite of thinking. But I I, I was going to mention this when we to, to carry we had on earlier. We didn't get round to it. But that whole thing of like your it, mobile phones and emails and tweets and um, phone you, you know every you, there's constant stress. Like if you're working, you never leave work because mm-hmm. y- y- your work is now on your phone. Whatever job you do, your work is now on your phone, and you can be contacted all the time. When mm-hmm. you went home uh, in the 70s and the 80s, there, you'd have one phone, and um, uh, uh, quite often you'd ignore that. Uh, if, if, if the phone rang after half past seven in the evening, my mum would refuse to answer it. Mm-hmm. Aye. We need to think less. Aye, well, I mean, the, the likes of stuff like... Mindfulness and yeah, ever since that's come along, that's helped me a hell of a lot, yeah. you know. Yeah, it's good. It's you know, some good but, stuff. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm lucky, and as much as I've only ever suffered from mild depression, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I know you get different types, you know, you get moderate, you get severe, yeah, you know. So I just wanted to phone up and let you Sounds know. Sounds like that. you're describing the um, terrorist warning scheme that we have as well moderate, <laughs> severe. I- and um, we're all going to go go to hell in a handcuff. Philip, thank you for that, mate. I appreciate that. Right. Cheers. Ta-ta. Um, it sounds silly, doesn't it? We've got to think less. But I, I totally buy that. I totally buy that. We've got to think less. Let's go to Mark. Good evening, Mark. Hello. Hello, Mark. Hello. Walking, walking, walking. Get out of here. What is this? Can't do a lock-in tonight, guys, because we've got to be up early tomorrow. So we've got to be back in this building about one o'clock to get the train. By the way, Kath's over there if you want to... Uh, there's Kath. There we go. Whose hand is that? Oh, it's my hand. It's your own hand. Where's the, where's the lens? There. there. Um, no, not a lock-in tonight. Not a lock-in tonight. We can't, guys. We can't. i tell you what. Here's what we do. 
What are you doing Saturday? Me? Yeah. Dunno why. If we win tomorrow, we do an all nighter Friday. Oh my god. We do an all nighter Friday. Well, we're not gonna win. All right. Yeah? All right. All right, there we go. If we win tomorrow. I said, what is the what are we up for? Google what we're up for because I want to get it make it sound proper. My speech will start. Thank you very much indeed. Don't even start planning a speech because we're not going to win. We're going to win an award for being so good. Because sometimes I said bum on the radio and I ain't never heard of Jeremy Van say bum on the radio. Do you know who's um, hosting it? Yes, I do. It's Scott Mills, and if we win, he'll be winning an award in two weeks' time. <laughs> okay, best speech presenter, non breakfast. Best speech presenter. Tell me, who are we up against? Kathy Fitzgerald, brackets, White Stiletto Productions, BBC Radio 4, World Service. She's proper. Jeez, hang on. Whoa, whoa. We're up against the World Service? And Radio 4. Oh, my God. She's doing... Wowzers. Okay, all right, fine, fine, fine. Then there's some chance I called Ian Lee, talk radio. Uh, Jeremy Vine, BBC Radio 2. Jeremy Vine. I've never heard him say the word bell and on his show. Yeah, we say it all of the time. But he did say a rude word to you when you interviewed him. He said... What did he say? I mm, I don't know what he said. It, it, it was in the lesser end of the but swear cannon. he's got a party, 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 party mouth. And he makes truckers cry. Who else is up for this award? Mike Sweeney, BBC Radio mm. Manchester. He's a legend. Mike Sweeney, he is really, really good. Uh-oh, suddenly it don't look like such a... Duh. Who else are we up? <laughs> Radio City's Pete Price, again, oh, another le- legend. everybody loves Pete Price. Here's the thing, I've never heard Pete Price, but I know I'd like him. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've read loads about Pete Price. Um, I think he's on, um, is he on now? What, I, what, 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 hang on, what, what station Radio is he on? Radio City. Radio City in Manchester. Liverpool. Liverpool, of course it is, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I've, I've never heard him, but I've read so much about him, um, that, um, I, I know I'd like him. I think he's he's one of those people that's got a good rapport. And I used, uh, you know, the, what I oh. learned from Sam Cooke when I... Oh, no, hang on. Whoa! Anyone. Whoa! Stop! Psychedelic, man. That was um, me talking to Herb Albert. Albert. Radio City will stop playing after this advertisement for jeans. For jeans. Top smart jeans and all. Okay, well, um, it looks like we are not going to be having a lock-in all night or on Friday night. Well, uh, and then there's also, um, last but not least, Tom Service, BBC Radio 3. We're going to destroy Radio 3! We are going to service, service! Coldplay, Adventure of a Lifetime, right then, early on. Doesn't sound like I imagined it would. What are you doing staying up so late? You getting ready for work or maybe you just got a little bit of insomnia? That was me this morning, literally woke up at like. We're listening to you. Never got back to sleep, so I got like three hours sleep. You can't have insomnia in the Morning. Hang on a minute. You can have insomnia any time. So it's called waking up. No, no. Hang on a minute. If you can't sleep, if you've got insomnia, you've got it. Well, at lunchtime, I'm always insomniac. You're always a dick at lunch. Oh. Okay. So that kind of banter is going to stop us from winning prizes. Yeah, I don't. We're not going to win anyway. Um, Let's go to a break. 
Kick off your slippers. Don't go to bed. The party is just starting. You can sleep when you're dead. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Well, here we go. This is this Larry Carrasco, the great, the great Larry Carrasco, father of Dan the DJ. I wish I had a good surname like Carrasco. I remember watching Seven Up when I was 11. Fast forward 40 years and that lovely little boy Bruce who wanted to be a missionary ended up teaching my kids maths in St Albans. Wowzers. I love it. I get him to sign my copy of the 7-Up box set. I love that box set. It's such a great DVD. We should chase them all down. We should chase them all. They'll be doing um, the pro. I, I bet next year. I bet next year is the year. Uh, this is the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio with Time to Change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Go online, search Time to Change to find out more. Hello, Paul. Good evening, Ian. Getting your cash. Hiya. Good evening, Paul. I was just on my way over to Hatfields with my hammer and my drill. I was going to put a shelf up for you for all these awards you're going to cop tomorrow. Well, we're only nominated... What, the- what does the award look like? Is it um, a classy one or is it one I'm going to give to my kids? <laughs> my, my kids have got all my awards. My, 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 the Sony's in my eldest, the Gillard's in my youngest. The Gillard's is quite scary because it's like a, a bronze bust of a man's head. Yes. Um, and here's what. Um, let me let indulge me a bit, Paul. We ain't going to win tomorrow, but listen, indulge me a bit, right? Um, m- one of my proudest moments was about six months ago. I was in bed having a doze, and I heard my friends, my sons, have brought their friends home, and they rushed up to their bedroom to play. And I heard my eldest go, "This is an award my daddy won because he's the best at radio." I Aww. thought, "Yeah, we go. That'll do me. That is better than all the certificates you can get." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking. Have you seen what's opened up today in uh, Germany? The first sex doll brothel. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, for goodness sakes, you're joking. No, tell Caddick he's got to start saving his doll money and get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> his doll money, well, yeah, exactly. Just, he's going to spend it all in Dettol wipes going over there. Here we go. Here, Here we go. Here we go. It's called Bar Doll, apparently. First sex doll only brothel opens in Germany following success of Austrian outlet as bizarre trend spreads across Europe. Germany's first sex doll only brothel featuring 11 love dolls has now opened. (gasps) It's run by a woman, a real life one. The smell of burning rubber. 29 year old. <laughs> Evelyn Schwartz. She's stocked her establishment with 11 five stone silicon dolls brought from Asia. Schwartz claims she gets visitors from across Germany, including judges. Um, <laughs> well, quel surprise. Jeez, I mean, they all have different heights, hair colours, and breast sizes. One what, sex the judges? doll. One sex doll. <laughs> is even made to look exactly like a blue-haired Japanese anime character. It's been such a success that the dolls are booked around 12 times a day. No. Now, here's the thing. Costing 80 euros an hour. a uh, 70 quid an hour. Now... Save up and buy one. For, for, not much, for not much more, surely you can get a real lady. Yeah, probably. But the doll won't moan at you, I suppose. Well, I, uh, well it will if you put the batteries in. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, yeah, well, really? Bit of a sick question. Would you have to go bareback with one of them? Thank you very much indeed. Uh, we're I cutting mean... off there. We don't use that kind of language on here. It's street slang. Their uh, draining board must be a right sight. 
Um, that's not a euphemism. <laughs> she actually means her draining board. You can't put those things in the um, dishwasher. There's uh, the award. Look there. Bizarrely, Schwartz said that the wives of many brothel visitors are reacting with tolerance to their desires and are often seen waiting outside in the car. Um, oh, it's a bit pony, that award, isn't it? It's a bit small. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to me. Um, they're waiting outside in the car while their husbands are having sex with a doll. She said, and this is quite, uh, they say it as a toy. Schwartz has only had one bad experience at the brothel so far when an overly excited customer broke Anna, the most popular one in the establishment. God. Ay, ay, ay. I'd have to sandblast it after that, flipping it. Um, oh, gosh, no. This is not true. Guess what the name of the top... Okay. Right, so there's a brothel... I've got to be careful how I say this. The Kontakthof brothel mm-hmm. in the Australian capital of Austrian. Vienna. Austrian. Austrian, thank you. Capital of Vienna. Gets more, this one doll gets more customers than the real prostitutes. Guess what the doll's name is? Raggedy Ann. No. Oh. It's called Fanny. <laughs> say what you see. Look, just you go in and go, I want Fanny. Yes. Oh, yes, come this way, please. But Why, which one? But which one? Why are we speaking in English? Oh, it's because for the joke on the talk radio. Talk radio? Yes, it is in England on the DAB. Oh, so yes. it should go, I want Fanny. Which one? No, Fanny. Yeah, which one? And so on. Uh, Repeat to Fanny. All right, here we go. There's a festival in the city of Linz. <laughs> An interactive silicon sex doll named Samantha became so popular at Breakdown. This is the one. Oh, yeah. This is so what the we one know. Where she got touched up, right? Do you know what the name of the festival is? Ars Electronica. <laughs> what is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? Avon Fanny. Well, yeah, I'm a bitch bitch fan. I wonder what. Avon some Fanny, please. I've got. I've got. They say Finny. Finny. Hey, Alan, how you doing, man? Good. Good. Oh well, I was just going to say that. Um, I mean, when if and when you win, when you win, yes, you're going to have a long list of people to thank, surely, for getting you to where you are today. Um, I was thinking of just thanking myself, but who were you thinking of, Alan? Um, well, somebody who's possibly quite near you in the studio at the moment. Um, Sam? No, won't, won't, <laughs> even, won't even mention him. Sam and uh, Ed. Ed's not getting a mention. He, 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 he stabbed us in the back. I'm sure I've forgotten somebody, but I can't quite think. No, my, um, my, we'll, we'll be thanking Alan Caddick, um, Paul from Stoke Poges, Nigel. Nigel from Maidstone, and... Um, Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus. That's, that's no, who, who we'll be thanking. Most of all, yes. you have to thank all your loyal fans and listeners, and... Nutters like me who ring in. I'm tempted, if we do win, to make the the show no callers. <laughs> Be- no, and I'll tell you why. Because um, it proves that... that was it t- radio personality? Speech. Speech personality. Speech, speech broadcaster. Man. There we go. Right, fine. So I speech. Uh, I, I don't want to... I don't want to mix with the plebs oh. afterwards, and yeah. I include you in that, Alan, with with, with, with minimal respect. Um, so I won't want to really want to talk to these losers anymore if I win another award. Oh, so <laughs> Sorry, you will Alan. let it change you? Oh God, com- God, completely! Oh, completely! Mm-hmm. I heard the F word on BBC London. There we go. I've cut him off now. 
Yeah, the F word was on BBC they're, London. They're so. copying on. They'll be on Scott Mills in about two weeks. Uh, the late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. It's time to change. Neon lit night talk for torch singers, trolley dollies, and train wrecks like me. Mm. Never know just where the conversation will take you. What I'm going to say sounds ridiculous. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Right, the next seven up is in 2019. Lynn has died. She was the one that worked in the library. And oh. I've just ordered 56 up, the one from 2012. 43 pence. Come on! 43p. I thought you were going to say pounds. Oh, I know. I looked at it, because I've got it up to 40, I've got the box set up to 48, uh, 49 plus, 49 up. And then it said 56 up, the last one, 43p. Oh, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah. I'll have that. I can do that in a weekend, that whole series in a weekend. I absolutely flipping love it. I can't find the family anywhere on, um, uh, for purchasement, which is, uh, this is very disappointing because I'd, um, I'd be up for some of that. I wonder what, what, what there's, there, I think there's one episode on YouTube. They've got one episode down at the BFI in the viewing gallery. Um, the family. Um, BBC, 1974. Um, oh, it's all on YouTube. Oh, it's all on YouTube. The family's all on YouTube. You are having a laugh. Oh, no. How long's that train journey tomorrow? Oh, mate. Here we go. Here we go. From Reading in Berkshire at the home of the Wilkins family, we discover what it's like to be a fly on the wall. The last episode of The Family, a working-class family, in fact, a real family that created extraordinary controversy and press curiosity. Right. Uh, Margaret, I wonder whether... Could I just have one quick word from you? You know there was a similar <coughs> experiment done in America and, and it ended up in divorce and all the rest of it. Are you worried about this? No, I'm not worried about it. Everybody keeps asking me the same question. The American family that uh, had a similar thing. Yeah, I know. Can we hand up on the line? Oh, this is it. There's no sleep tonight. If I could sit with uh, mum and dad on either side of me, and then I can sort of move my mic to talk to the others. Right. Thank you very much. Oh, that was complete fabrication. She didn't come and ask for my autograph at all. My uh, boss didn't ask if I wanted two days off. And that wasn't true either. Have you felt no emotional stress whatsoever? No. Since last October? No. No, none at all. Mrs. Wilkins. This is the last episode of, uh, of, uh, dinner. where they became celebrities. Well, before you say it, it happened in America, I'll tell you it's a change. I looked it up. When they did it in America, of course, it did have terrible, disastrous effects. Here we go again. Here we go again. Oh, I love it. And this is before Wikipedia. I'm on Wikipedia now. The Family was a 1974 BBC television series made by producer Paul Watson. It was a fly-on-the-wall documentary series seen by many as the precursor to reality television. It was similar to an American documentary which had aired the previous year in 1973. It followed the working-class Wilkins family of six, led by Margaret and Terry. Gosh. You know all those questions about, um, well, in the American family, they divorced. Did they get divorced? They got divorced four years later, Oh, yeah. no! <laughs> Margaret. <laughs> they divorced in 1978 through their daily lives, warts and all, and culminated in the marriage of one of their daughters, which was plagued by fans and paparazzi. 
The show was the basis for two parodies. Monty Python's Flying Circus, in their very last episode, featured a sketch called, oh gosh, The Most Awful Family in Britain, 1974. And Benny Hill did a takeoff called That Family. The family was revisited in an hour-long special in 1984, subtitled The After Years. Margaret remarried, like her ex-husband, and became Margaret Sainsbury. She died of a heart attack in Berkshire in uh, 2008, age 73. Mm. Uh, Terry died um, 31st of October 2016, age 82. Gosh. Wowzers. Oh, well, that's, that's mess this weekend. Gone. Sorry, kids. Sorry, kids. Daddy can't play. I'm watching an old uh, documentary from when I was one years old. That's what's happening. Hang on a minute. Was it the Q Awards tonight? Something. Ed Sheeran's won the 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 best pop star in the world. Mm. It's uh... Jesus. We we are post Brexit, post Trump, post Truth, post uh, um, uh, any colour. The, uh, the blandest. She, she played a fiddle in an Irish band. She had a way with an English man. She had a way with him. Yeah, I mean, he's the be- he's the best pop... St- you are joking. And he called that song Galway Girl, so everyone got excited thinking it was So I Ask You, Friend! Yeah. Which is a belting song. Yeah. And then he did that to it. I might as well have given it to Nick Knowles. Because they're the same That's thing. next year. I mean, because, listen, pop stars... Here's the thing, guys. Your pop star is meant to be... Um, I'm not meant to understand you, pop stars, because I'm 44, right? Well, you don't understand Ed Sheeran. No, 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 but... No, I do understand Ed Sheeran. I do. I get Ed Sheeran. I get it. They're, they're, they're nice melodies, perfectly singable. He seems like a nice lad. Everything a pop star should not be. The ki- You know, the... You're more of a Bieber man. No, the, 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 this is the thing, right? Pop is supposed to be for for young people, and and us as as old farts are supposed to go. Ew, what's this bloody racket? Turn that down. It's what every it's what my grandparents did with the Beatles. It, 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 it's the way of the thing. Ed Sheeran is like you know, he's like wood chip wallpaper. He's like cork in the ceilings. He's 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 pleasant, but I wouldn't want it in my house. Perfectly serviceable. It's bland, bland, bland. Anyway, congratulations, Ed, if you're listening. Yeah, like get get knotted, Ed. My kids like you, and I'm, that's that's my that's my failing. That is my failing. Um. Uh, oh, so got some good news in the paper. I meant to do this at the start of the show. There's oh. some really good news in the paper because I've been yeah. worried about this. I know you've all been worried about this. Um, a couple filmed romping in a Domino's pizza takeaway walked free from court laughing after avoiding jail. They didn't go to the, the, the Domino's shaggers um, didn't go to jail, which is I think is brilliant. And it means that, yes, d- humping in front of in, in, in the counter. Remember there was the pictures in the paper of she was leaning against the counter and he was behind lifting her skirt up. Was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That oh, was a great story. Did they go large? Um, Danielle- do they do that anymore? Do they supersize? Daniela Hurst, not in Domino's, I don't, you idiot. Oh. Uh, 29, and Craig Smith, 31, all waiting for their stuffed crust dinner. <laughs> when they were caught on CCTV having sex. Oh, this is interesting, look. The Randy pair were given a 12-month community order and a 23-week curfew to stay at home between 7pm and 7am. I wonder how they'll pass that time. That means they can't be trusted to be out at night time without doing it. But they can get delivered, so win-win. I don't think it was being out late that made them like that, though, was it? 
when Smith was told he'd have to complete 200 hours unpaid work, he shouted, Why do I have to do that extra? When asked for a comment outside court, he told reporters to get f***ed. <laughs> In the footage, Hurst performs a sex act on Smith as a delivery driver walks out of the shop. Gosh. They were seen having sex while she leaned on the counter. It's romantic, though, isn't it? Scott McLaughlin, defending, told Scarborough Magistrates Court, Scarborough. <laughs> it was one drunken night. We in went which for a Chinese, didn't we? They got silly. We just, yeah, there was none of that. <laughs> none of that. No, no, no. Didn't realise that was what went no. on there. He said the footage is on the internet and it'll be forever, it will be forever more for their children to see. Oh, is it? <laughs> right. You know what that is? It's the 2017 version of that scene in Lady and the Tramp where they share a spaghetti. Domino's. It's Italian food that does it. Sex. There we go. Domino's sex. There we go. There oh, we go. it's disgusting. Let me have a look. Here we go. Randy couple got having sex in Domino's while ordering takeaway. Here we go. Uh, so I'll describe it for you guys. Oh, actually, oh, they've pixelated oh, it. Oh, unless that's what he looks like. That's unfortunate. She's she's giving him a a, um, a, a kiss on his willy. Oh, oh my God. there's a bloke there. She's got trousers on as well. It's not a skirt. It's trousers. Well, that is that is outrageous. That is outrageous behaviour. That is um. <laughs> That's quite antisocial. That. That is outrageous. <laughs> Me. They're going to have to detail that whole work surface. Dough bowls? Well, at the end of that, I bet he did. <laughs> the, the footage is on the internet and it will be forevermore for their children to see. They're in high spirits. Well, the store was completely devoid of customers and no one initially noticed or saw what was happening. Oh, come on. The footage was posted on social media by a staff member and barmaid. Um... She admitted outraging public decency at a hearing last month. Smith was found guilty of the same offence after a trial, which was held in his absence while he was in jail for other offences. Now, ah. um, these guys are modern-day Robin Hoods, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, we should be um, parading them around like heroes they are. He was giving to the poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's frozen on, on her kissing his willy. Let's get rid of that. That's... Uh... <laughs> truth. Um, oh, and some bad news. Oh. Crime Watch is coming to an end. Oh, They're acts in Crime Watch. Oh, I used to love that. Oh, Jeremy Vine presents it now. Um, I used to love it when it was Nick Ross, and then I started yeah. watching... I watched it a bit when it was Rav and Kirsty, but no. I, I did work experience when it was Nick Ross. Yeah. I used to love... I mean, it was, it was... I used to watch it and get proper scared by it. It's scarier yeah. than a horror film. Yeah. Some really vile crimes on there. Yeah. I helped with the reenactments. Yeah. I recruited a lot of my mates yep. um, to <coughs> act as dodgy characters in a yeah. bar um, in a scene in Covent Garden, I seem to remember. Wait, we've got two minutes, and I'm about to ask the biggest question we've ever asked on this. What about that Jill Dando, though? Isn't that weird? Well, I worked on that reconstruction. The Jill Dando reconstruction? Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. So all the things that we were building are not what ended up going in the case, and I remember thinking, that oh, we didn't talk Do you know this. stuff that was not... not... Mm. Mm. Okay. What case? 
against um, oh, Barry, Barry Bassara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was he was innocent. Well, exactly. He was but, innocent. But, he, but he, there was a whole load of stuff that we that we put in the reenactment that yeah. was glossed over. Oh, well, no, no, it's just him. He was. Hang on a minute. We yeah. were talking about a Range Rover and it's a guy weird, at the end of the that poor that. lad. Poor lad. He, he, he went. You know, he went to prison for being a bit odd. You know, just went to prison for being a bit odd. Poor bloke. Um, but that really is. I mean, and and if you some of the um, theories online about what happened that yeah. she was about to expose a vip pedophile ring and she was hit that it was serbian hitmen well it sounded far-fetched at the time doesn't sound so far no it doesn't now, it? it doesn't um well don't have nightmares sorry you probably will after that's a horrific ending to what's been otherwise a delightful show. We're not here tonight at 10 o'clock. James East is uh, coming in. and James, James, East. James East is coming in and doing his thing. We'll be back on Friday, and if, if we're victorious, we're having an, an all-nighter. Um, and if we are not victorious, then we'll be probably slagging off Jeremy Vine a lot. <laughs> we're going to get Jeremy Vine dolls and burn them in the studio. You have been listening to The Late Night Alternative with me, Ian Lee, her Catherine Boyle, Sam has been through there. This is Talk Radio, of course. You can listen on DAB and on the mobile and online. Uh, and with our friends, and boy, oh boy, what, what, didn't they prompt a good conversation this evening? Time to change. One in four of us will fight a mental health problem this year. Having a mate in your corner can make all the difference. Search Time to Change to find out more. Don't forget to go and download the podcast. We will be back on Friday at 10. Until then, from us, ta-ta.